find their illogic and foolish emotions constant irritant. Then transfer out, freak! Two! Along the circus, right next to the dog-faced boy. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Cheap, lying, no good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood-sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey shit. Ah! Hallelujah! Holy shit! Where's the Tylenol? And now, together by live simulation via the internet, Scott Gardner. He's an asshole. And Chris Honeywell. Boy, is he strange. It appears we have lost our sex appeal, Captain. Yes. Hello and welcome to Two True Freaks. I'm Scott Gardner and I'm here with my best pal, Chris Honeywell. Hey, yo. <laughs> He's special. And you asked for it, so we're bringing it to you because we're just awesome like that. Yep. We are going to do a movie commentary, a watch-along commentary for Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. And, you know, I was thinking about this. I think that George Lucas missed a, a, a prime opportunity. You know how there's been this this spate of movies? You know, because I would argue that Attack of the Clones is a love story. At, at, at its at its base, that's really what this movie is. It's I think it's a wonderful love story myself. I know a lot of other people have differing opinions. But, you know, there have been this this spate of love movies over the years. Uh, Titanic being probably the biggest one I can think of that came out, you know, and were, were basically they were chick flicks, but they kind of appealed to a, a wider audience than just the girls. But they all had this, you know, kind of cheesy song that went along with them that became the, the identifier for the movies, you know, made like the, the pop charts and all that sort of thing. I think that George Lucas should have got Judy Collins to redo Send In the Clowns. Oh, God. For, like, Send In the Clones, you know? Something like that. Attack of the Clones by Judy Collins. Oh, God. I don't know. I'm, maybe it's just me. I think he missed an opportunity. Anyway. Start the goddamn movie. <laughs> yes, this one is going to be a monster. <laughs> the worst thing about it is that typically... Chris and I can just hit the old pause button whenever we like and go take a whiz or whatever. We're kind of we're, we're going to be kind of stranded, and kind of chained to the uh, to the movie. <laughs> it's like we're at the theater, really. Yes. So anyway, how rough I've is that, my, man? Chained I've to got a movie? My, huh. Yeah, I've got my gummy bears, and you've got what? What do you got? Twizzlers. Twizzlers. All right, we are good to go. I got my uh, Mountain Piss from uh, from Publix. You talk so much, I ate my yogurt already. 
All right, so here's how we did this. We each have the actual DVD Star Wars Attack of the Clones uh, that you can go through our link on our website. Go to Amazon.com, purchase a copy of your own. We'll get a nice little cut of that. Thank yes. you very much. So pop that bad boy in, hit play, and then when it gets to chapter one at zero hours, zero minutes, zero seconds, hit the pause button. That's where we're at. We are paused at that point. So in three, two, one, now. All right. Movie is playing. Here we go. So do we want to talk over the... Uh, we can talk over whatever we want. It's our commentary, yeah. man. It's going to be hard for me not to get sucked into the movie because I have to admit, it's been a little while since I've watched this, and I love this movie. Well, love, Lucas, love, love Lucas said this was going to be a, a love story. He said the first one's going to be a, a, kid, a movie for kids, the second one's going to be a love story, and therefore will probably be the least popular of all Star, Star Wars movies. And... and Damned if he wasn't not full of shit, but it it definitely wasn't. Uh, it was it was a love story, but there was a there's a lot of good action in this movie. There, you know. Yeah. Um, I this, feel like this movie takes a lot of crap for being a love story, and that's why I jumped on it when the idea came up of us doing a commentary for this because I fully intend to do a very defensive um, commentary for this because I truly love this movie. It's really hard. I'll be, for me I'll be the one who'll be merciless on the stuff that I don't think works. <laughs> I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. There's lots of stuff in this. I don't like too. And I, I will definitely point those parts out, but you know, I, I just, it, it's hard for me to pick my number two star Wars movie and stick with it because you know, Empire is a no-brainer as number one. But number two, I'm always so tempted to put this one as my number two. But it's wow. just, I can't justify not having the original as my number two yeah. out of some form of respect. And come on, let's face it, it's, it is, it's a better made movie. But just as far as pure geek moments and things like that and a lot of eye candy and just a lot of story elements that really appeal to me the love story in this really appeals to me it's definitely up there you this know what i mean a, well like when this movie came out the there was actually a bootleg of it before the movie came out and mm -hmm. i remember getting the bootleg the day before i was going to go see the movie and just watching this little sequence of her ship coming through the through the clouds like this and, right. and it was that telesync sort of, you know, a little out of focus. And I was like, oh, my God, this is beautiful. I love that, that coming down to the clouds. It and is. Although I have to admit, I, I've never really forgiven Lucas the fact that um, these movies don't start with a Star Destroyer. Now, I know that that was about impossible. There's not really any way he could have done it. But it's just such a shame that the original three have that visual tie that each one of them starts with a star destroyer and then these don't i i, I really miss that but i do like this opener and i was wrong when we were talking in the the latest star wars monthly monday about the naboo starfighter that pointy part that i was talking about that comes through the the windscreen on the uh 
in Star Tours. That's the back of the ship, that long, uh. pointy yellow part. Anyway, I'll talk about the movie and not Star Tours. Big boom. Now I'm curious, where, when, when and where did you first see this? I saw this probably right down the street from where I am. I tried to go. I tried to see all the Star Wars movies as much as I could. At this, um, I probably saw this actually at the stadium seating theater because that was probably the only place I could get tickets to in advance. So it was probably at the at the on the on the big old stadium screen, not on not on IMAX. I didn't see this on IMAX till maybe the third time I saw it. Mm -hmm. I saw it on. I'm. I'm. I definitely saw it on opening night. <laughs> that guy right there. What's his Typho? Is that Captain Typho? Um, he was great in those Coruscant Night books because it, it turns out that he was secretly in love with Padme and never told her. And then when she dies, he makes it like his his personal mission to find out exactly what happened and avenge her and man does it play out nicely i really i really liked that i saw this um i'm not sure who all was there besides i know me my father and scotty and i want to say holly might have gone with my sister holly may have gone with us too but i can't remember but i went to see this they have a really nice theater by where my parents live in Toccoa, Georgia, which is like extreme north Georgia. You know, it's up near the border of whatever the next state up is, South Carolina, I think. And uh, it's a really nice theater. It's it's a, a modern cineplex, but it um, has the look of like an old-timey bijou type of thing. It's really cool. So we went to see it there, and... I'm kind of ashamed to admit it, but the movie had been out for a good long while. You know, normally, you know me, I usually go to premieres of Star movies that Wars, I really come on. You know, yeah, yeah. But I think I was just so burned by episode one that I just didn't rush right out to see this. And I remember it being out. My dad was like, hey, have you seen the new Star Wars? And I was like, no, nah, I hadn't seen it. And he was like, well, and we were just looking for something to do. So we went out and we watched it that night. And I remember we went to a really late showing because about the time that the movie was getting into the actual big war at the end, Scotty was little at the time. I forget how old he was, but he was still pretty young. Probably what, what year did this come out? Like 2005, something yeah, like something that? Yeah, something like that, four or five. So he was, you know, not very old. Maybe, you know, I'm, I'm trying to remember. But anyway, I remember him being like, Daddy, how much longer? You know, that sort of thing. So. Uh -huh. <laughs> but I was just, I was into it. I, was I walked really out I walked out of it going, now that's more like it. That is Star, yes. that yeah. was Star Wars. Yeah. But um, this was interesting because this was the first, you know, like, they, I, I didn't, I never saw it on a digital screen. This was the first one where they're like, they trotted out some you know lucas digital screens now this one is the first one that's digital 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 when you get the dvd of this it's a digit you know all digital right. all around and right. it um, looks great on my computer too it looks great on a computer if you have a really nice projector and blow it up big it looks terrible you can see 
the layering of the video layers, you know, it looks, oh, wow. it looks like green screen on top of green screen. Um, when this first came out on disc, I ran home and I had on my old PC, I had a super for the time mega video card and, um, my DVD player, I could take a section of the screen and just blow it up. And I remember I would take parts of this movie and blow them up and then blow them up again. Jar Jar! And then blow them up again. I know. Well, Lucas Lucas learned his lesson and dispenses of Jar Jar pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. And, you know, he's just sort of, he's there to be there and then he's gone. And he's ridiculous. I remember there being an audible groan in the theater, though, when when this scene when this scene played and he spoke for the first time. There was you could hear the entire theater just go. It, ah. At this point, I was still kind of on eggshells because the uh, the dialogue's a little stilted, and her whole early you know things with Annie, little Aunt, you know, this whole thing was, you know. Uh, they're all good actors that's the thing they're all good actors I've seen all of them really be really good in roles but you know I just don't think George Lucas set it up you know in this scene they were probably playing in front of a, a green screen the whole time and and somebody was walking around with a stick for Jar Jar and it's it was a little stilted and I was like ah, I don't know but in a few, you know, within a few minutes, you know, I was start, you know, I, I got instantly sucked into Star Wars mode, you know. The, the first set piece in this is so, like, flawless. It reminds me of the beginning of the Crystal Skull movie of j- just sheer, it, where I was like, oh, yes, I'm at the beginning of a Star Wars movie. And right. things are going crazy, you know. It's just one thing jumping from another, and you know. Now, the- I I have to profess I am ashamed, but I have to profess my my extreme ignorance of what Oscars, if any, any of these prequel movies won. But I sure hope that they got some sort of nod for the makeup work because you know it, it's so easy to forget that. Uh, Ewan McGregor right here. That's just amazing, the job they did on him. And I really didn't appreciate it until I saw him recently in that uh, Angels and Demons movie. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. He's a young guy, you know? Yeah. I mean, they did a beautiful job in this of really making him look like he was, what, like 40-ish, you know? Yeah. I mean, he looks great. And well, he also did an off awesome job of capturing the essence of Alec Guinness too. Oh, he's absolutely. one of those actors. You know, he studied. He probably studied all every single inch of Obi Wan Kenobi footage and took it to heart. You know, and probably watched a few Alec Guinness movies. And right here was where I was going. Oh yeah, just just the atmosphere of the city here with the neon and the the lighting of it you know it feels like a city even though this is obviously shot on a set there's something about it that feels like a real city cities are lit like a set and when i saw that it it had this its own feel to it 90 percent ben burt as always but it had this whole it was like wow all of a sudden i'm in you know a, a 
honest to God, new Star Wars atmosphere. You know, it's it's Coruscant at night, you know. And, uh, you know, I mean, people say Lucas has lost his touch and stuff. This is This is a masterful little sequence coming up here, you know. Bookended by some stiff stiff dialogue but then again Anakin's supposed to be a, a see that's one of the probably things I very sexually against. frustrated youth right now right. <laughs> look that's at that's one of the guy. things I want to I want to defend against I wanted to talk about right at the beginning is I'm really sick of hearing people say that all the time about how terrible he is in this and that love sequences are so awkward and all they're supposed to be god damn it He's a young man, very inexperienced with women or anything. With he's fantasized about lady. this woman for 10 years, you know? I mean, he's supposed to be clumsy and stilted and awkward. That's the part that he's playing. And as far as him being moody and kind of emo and all that, you know, as someone who right now has a, a child that's roughly this same age, I can tell you kids act like this at this age, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, well, they're prone I, to fits I, of anger and outbursts and, yeah, yeah. and they're I, coming to deal with, you know, maturity and, and how they deal with their emotions and how they deal with you right. know, other people and women and you know i'm so sure he took that I all into effect feels in very real to me in this role he doesn't feel stilted and and you know any more than the character should I, I, really I don't think, think that's the pro i don't think that's the problem with it i think it's the dialogue that he's fed to 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 say the words you know i mean they're, they're you know it was like Alec Guinness. Alec Guinness really, if it wasn't for Alec Guinness's Obi-Wan Kenobi, he really brought some substance to some of Lucas's worse, you know, and Lucas's dialogue, I don't know if it's worse than this. I love the, uh, This is just, those are some those things are cool. super creepy looking things. Um... Oh, shoot. What was I going to say? Oh, I've never quite understood why Django was using an inter intermediary. Why wasn't he going after her himself? I, you know, he just doesn't strike me as the kind of guy to employ someone else to do his dirty work for him. You know what I mean? Well, uh, there may have been um, there may he may have had orders to be like. Do it through someone else so it's not as directly traceable back to Camino or to you. You know, we don't want this getting back to Camino. It ultimately does because it goes south. It goes right. not as planned and he ends up shooting a dart, which is what leads him there. That scene right there has always given me the creeps in the sense that you know, I know he's a Jedi and all that sort of thing, but what if shot she had there. sat up at the wrong moment, you know? Yeah, that, He'd that shot her head in two. <laughs> that shot, but remember, he see, th that shot of him grabbing the thing and just go, this is just, this is just, in a big movie theater, this is just magic. This whole sequence is awesome. It is, but I don't know. Don't beat me up for it. I think this sequence is, this is one of my few real nitpicks with this movie this sequence is way too long oh really i, I think, love it i think it slows the movie way down uh, you know uh, not slows the movie down so much as it, it uses up a lot of the movie you know what i mean 
Oh, I love uh, the this whole thing. This whole the 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 whole chance to get the uh, shots like that to get a look at Coruscant in this manner, <laughs> and to see some of the crazy shit that you know. This sets up a lot of things that the Jedi's do that you don't see till the arena that they can jump long. I love right. that shot. Oh man, that's a fucking awesome shot. And I love, I just love the neons and the. I like this coming up where she shoots the thing that he's holding on to and he just plummets. That right there is cool. However, that plays into one of my nitpicks about the Clone Wars is we've seen them Jedi jump distances like that on the Clone Wars. Remember there yes. was that one episode where we commented about it where they, everybody else, you know, all the clone troopers or what, were wearing some sort of jetpack thing. Yeah, Obi-Wan and... Uh, and Anakin and Ahsoka just did some Jedi jump where they force slowed themselves before they would have splatted. So I'm wondering, is he really in any jeopardy right there? No, I don't think he is. That's why I. That's why they react as such. That's why Anakin's just like, oh, he's falling now. I'll go get him. You know. Right. And and he probably didn't want to just let him drop. He was probably like, I better go get him. And you know. At best, they could maybe toss Obi Wan and you know into another. And you, when you I was know, talking about, I'm sorry. Go ahead. They 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 set up a lot of things. They set up that Obi Wan doesn't like to fly. That Anakin's a flyer. You know, we've we set up in the last one that Obi Wan's thing is he's a dueler. He's a he's he's a master of the lightsaber. Anakin's a pilot. So you know, Anakin's leading the way in here. But you actually find out that Obi Wan hates to fly, and that comes up later in in this story. I don't know. I just I I I, I love this. I love. The, the way the you know the congest the traffic um, everything about the sound design in this is just masterful you know it sounds like you're in the air in a city right when I was talking about the scene being too long this is what I'm talking about this whole thing you know the the fall you know when obi-wan was hanging onto that thing when he was falling, that right there reminds me of some parts of Back to the Future where the DeLorean's flying. Yeah, <laughs> it always has. But this this right here is what I'm talking about. This whole speeder chase takes way too. It just takes up too much of the movie, in my opinion. It, you know, they could have shortened the whole thing. And I have to be honest. Part of the reason I don't like this part is I don't like Williams scoring with it. Uh, it's if you ever listen to this track separately. It's not um, melodic is like the only word I can think of, but it's not. I don't know. It's just it's not percussive. Star Wars. -y. Yeah. What's that? It's percussive. -y. That's what I liked. It. It was a whole different atmosphere. It was an yeah. atmosphere, a city atmosphere. So it was pop, pop, pop. You know, it had a very. It it, it even had. It employs a, an electric guitar right. in one part of it, and I was just like, oh, but I the, don't like that. But the electric guitar is is mimicking the sounds of these of these um, vehicles. You know, it's just doing like type things, and yeah, I would hate that too. But I I actually I I I like it. It builds, it makes it into a different atmosphere, but it still feels Star Wars to me. You know, but it was you know I know how you know I know they've got. Oh, I forgot about this. This I do like, where he. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Right there, where he dives. I love that. That looks so cool. <laughs> oh, that's very green screen, though. Yeah, you, you you can. I mean, this is the first. This is just a milestone of digitally digital movie. I mean, you can see. Not to rip his arms off. Not when you force slow yourself down and all that. Ah, oh, gosh. And. You know the the thing where this whole see I love this. You really get a feel of him sliding around. I, awesome. <laughs> I'd be dead already because just watching this, my palms are sweating. <laughs> You're not not a fan of heights, are you? Mm, well, I don't mind heights, but what he's doing is suicide. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, she ugly. That, I, lo I love that, too. I was just like, ooh, it's a shapeshifter of some sort, you know? And it was just like, I love it when you just throw something like that in. And this is great, oh, too, because this is what I would do. <laughs> Whoops. Jiggly, 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 except I wouldn't light drop my lightsaber. And he just puts it on the seat. <laughs> yeah, it won't fly off the seat. The, the This sequence cut scene coming up here... When he crashes, totally, it's totally practical. Although there's, there, it's like practical and digital. The digital looks just like practical in it. And it reminds, it, I don't know, for some reason it just reminds me of uh, THX 1138. Yeah. Yeah. That shot reminds me of THX 1138. It, that, I, I could tell George Lucas was like, yeah, crash and burn, you know? <laughs> right. And uh, one other um, nitpick, I have too many humanoids, too many bipeds in the street. Yeah. Everybody looks human in, in Coruscant right now. And, you know, you'd think, that, I mean, come on, they're putting 8 million vehicles in there. You'd think you could put a few more people than just, like, some rubber heads walking around. Costs money to make all those big old rubber heads, yeah, though. Yeah, I know. And I love you see some some the first time since the Christmas special you see some uh, Star Wars TV in here. Mm -hmm. And I think this whole this whole thing is the the sort of you know parallel to the to the Mos Eisley scene sort of works. Yeah. Uh, no, I a like lot of people part really part. didn't like this and thought it was kind of cheesy that but I, I I thought it worked Whoa, and there's, there's a lot on. of butt cheeks yeah in in this one I like the different sports that's that's pretty neat you get I'm surprised there hasn't been a video game of all those different sports yet that's what <laughs> I'm You're right. There are an awful lot of human beings. Yeah, just just flat out humans in just like oh, nice bikinis, but still. What's funny is this looks more to me like the uh, space bar in Star Trek Three than it does the canteen. <laughs> yeah, it does. It There's really George Lucas's daughter. Where's that? The one who just turned around to look at Anakin as he walked by. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. okay. I didn't know that.
Oh, and there's your, there's your um, after-school special moment for the day. <laughs> I like that it's. Uh, I'm I'm watching this so I don't have the volume up all the way. I have the um, um, subtitles on, and it's. Oh, like, I should have done that. It's like saying background background dialogue in Huttese. I'm like, oh, really? So they actually even tell you which language. So although this Huttese doesn't seem like a very Coruscant language. You know, you'd think it would be sort of like, I don't know, Republic Standard. I don't know what the... The only ah, language shit. they ever bring up is Huttese ever. I just fucked up. <laughs> Damn it. What'd you do? I tried to go to the audio menu to bring up the... Uh, the, the subtitles, and it fucking took me out of the movie, so we might not be synced up now. God damn it. That was Anthony Daniels. Did you see that? No. Shit. There it is right there. Change subtitles. I'm sorry. I think I fucked up. Where are you at right now? She just got hit with the dart in the neck. Shit. All right. I'm going to have to fast forward a little bit. She just died. Is Obi Wan holding the dart up and looking at it? Yeah. Okay, we're back in sync. We're back. Sorry in about action. that. They gotta just go. Gotta go. Fiddle fucking around. I didn't think it would take me out of the movie. I thought I could just hit a button and it would bring the thing up, but I hit the wrong. All right, we in front of the council now. Yes, we are. All right, we are back in sync. Sorry, folks. I should know better than that. Oh, I like that guy. What's his name? The snake guy. I didn't realize he actually moved before. That's cool. I never really noticed that before this time that he was like uncoiling yeah. his. There was a great story of him in the, the Dark Horse series, the, the Republic series. There was just one, like one chapter with him, but he proved to be like a serious badass lightsaber guy. It was really cool. I'm trying to remember what his name is like I want to say Sissy Tin and I don't think that's right. It's some weird name. I can tell it's been a while since I've delved into this era because now I'm starting to forget the names of all the Jedi Masters. I used to know them all. Exposition, exposition, exposition. Sometimes the Coruscant stuff in the background looks really awesome, and then other times it looks completely fake to me. And this is one of the moments where it looks very fake. Sort of like a sort of like a Flintstones background that just keeps repeating. <laughs> yes, you almost want to hear that like drum roll thing of when they'd run, and you just see the same chair keep going <laughs> by. Yeah, exactly. Crap, I just, that's driving me nuts now that I can't remember that snake dude's name. I should totally remember his name because he's one of my favorite uh, Jedi guys. I just see, like, after they walk out of this room, like, the maid coming in and, like, vacuuming that, having to vacuum that shag carpet. Now, this part with uh, Obi-Wan talking with Yoda and, uh, and Mace Windu, have you ever seen footage of the actual shooting of this scene? I think so. It's amazing. I mean, you've got Ewan McGregor and Samuel L. Jackson and nothing else. That I mean, 
it looks like they're on this massive like cathedral style set and obviously yoda is cgi but i mean to just see the filming of that and realize that not a damn thing around them was actually there that's it's pretty amazing some of the, ama the amazing things about this movie is there's parts that are digital that like I i'll point out one that i just remember hearing on the actual commentary track on it that it was digital and it was just like really that's a digital shot and it doesn't make any sense but it is and it looks totally real uh, and what's funny is I like that last scene they're talking you know about their concern with Anakin and stuff and in that very same in the next movie in that very same hallway you know that's where they go in where he and Yoda go in and there's just the bodies of the Padawans all oh, over that's the place right, yeah. so you know so that's a nice little I don't know if he did that on purpose but that's a nice little tie in I'm packing my space I luggage I like that she very nicely basically told Jar Jar to fuck off. Yeah. And he pretty much does for the rest of the movie. I, I love that. Because he even starts to answer her in his very Jar Jar-esque bullshit, you know, stupid ghetto speak thing, whatever the hell he's supposed to be talking. And she just tells him, you know what? I don't want to hold you up. Get the hell yeah. out of here. Yeah. You know? Which is great. I like, I like her space Samsonite there. I bet you she was watching like the I bet you the commercials like a Wookiee, like carrying it down a stairway and like rock and stomping that chair right up and there down next on it. to Anakin looks like the one I'm sitting in at the moment. That's a total. <laughs> that's a total antique, like Earth chair. Yeah, it is of Earth design. <laughs> Space Samsonite. <laughs> Now I want to see a gorilla come in and throw it around. No, it's a Wookiee in this in the the commercials here. <laughs> it's a Wampa. Uh, there was a commercial with with Mace Windu running through an airport with a spaceport with it too. You know. <laughs> I think you're thinking of the Hertz commercial. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't try to grow up too fast unless I ask you to. The it makes me feel uncomfortable line. I don't know. It's just too 20th century Earth sounding. You know, that's inappropriate, Anakin. That is inappropriate be behavior. <laughs> I like these. I, I like these I space tabs. Oh, I wish Jackie Gleason was still alive to be playing the uh, the driver of the space bus, though. That yeah. would be awesome. I would have loved that. It's a total bus. It is. It's awesome. Yeah. Who is she? Isn't she just another one of her doubles? Another or handmaiden or... I guess. I don't really remember her. It's a shitty... It's the equivalent of a red shirt, basically. <laughs> don't do anything I wouldn't do. I don't understand. And Why are you going to wrap that rascal? <laughs> <laughs> they went through all this trouble to bring her to this planet. You get her there safely. She's there, and then they're going to turn around, send her right back home with a Padawan as protection. I never quite understood this part. And what is that shit on the front of his uh, shawl there, too? Yeah, I know. He got a little space sick on the bus ride. <laughs> 
Yeah, I know. I, I think they're supposed to look ratty, so he's got dirty garments. But it's just like, Jesus Christ, would any, even the ratty people wear their nice clothes when they go to the city or whatever. And and I like that they sort of end up on a tramp steamer. Look at the grin on that tramp steamer. It's like, yee! It's got a nice little face on it. A little uh, Art Nouveau sort of looking. But I like that it's this is sort of like episode one. They're, you know, they're they're... It reminds me a little bit of the, the scene where you know they're leaving. Um, leaving oh, Dex's diner. I forgot about this. I love this part. I like Dex. She's cool. Now that model of droid that's playing the uh, the waitress right there. That's the one that's they the got same. at Star Tours, right? Yeah, yeah. It's exactly the same model. Yeah. There, uh, I would have made this diner a little less. Little less Earth Dinery though, but it's yeah. But it's it's once again. I think that crash back there was THX eleven thirty eight, and now he's doing a little American, American graffiti, graffiti. You know. Yep. I mean, how can you not like that? <laughs> and you know this the 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 CG hasn't uh, the CG on his face is really nice, but like his belly and stuff and his arms, you can see how his arms are sort of. Right. You can almost see the 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 CG of him. But he, I would like to see you know I, I maybe they covered this in Star Wars Tales, I have no idea, but I would have loved to have seen a little short story, you know, just a little comic book anthology short story of Dex's reaction to what went down with the Jedi and all that cuz I I like him as a character. I, I I would love to know the backstory. How in the hell did these two guys become friends? You know, you've got the Jedi Knight and the the dude that runs the, you know, Mel's Diner. Yeah, you know? but you, how does you, that work? Because I think he wasn't always the dude that runs Mel's Diner. He knows about right, a lot yeah. of shit. So so they've had yeah. they've had you know, some adventure adventures together, in the past, yeah. and and now this guy settled down, but he still collects stuff and still keeps his ears open. You know. Right. I like the little the mustache he's got. It took me a while to realize he had that mustache there, but that's a very like Walrus. guy that runs the diner kind of thing too, you know? Yeah. That's great. <laughs> and just one stray hair on the bottom lip. But that little waddle, that little wiggle on the waddle is just really nice. Nice touch. It's actually better than I love that the Jedi library. I love the idea of a Jedi library. I just learned something interesting, which was this librarian woman. She's actually a Jedi too, right? Uh huh. Well, in um, Dark Forces, which I'll be doing a, uh, a an audio book review on in one of our upcoming Star Trek Monthly Mondays. In that story. You know, it's the first story with Kyle Katarn. The bad guy that he's up against in that story, I, I, the name of the guy is escaping me at the moment. He's a, a very, like, Darth Vader-y type of guy. Well, it turns out that he was apprenticed to this Jedi librarian woman and somehow, you know, went to the dark side and all that. So I love that, you know, they tied all this stuff in very nicely. I had no idea that... You know, that was all 
because I thought he was just kind of a throwaway bad guy invented for, you know, some video game, you know, but they've actually tied him all in with all this other stuff. I thought that was cool. <laughs> yeah, they're on like the space Titanic now, you know, down yeah. in the down in the steerage hold. Yeah. It's a little too clean though. It's a, that, that's, I, I think she still looks a little too princessy little to too be ornate, down there yeah. with the commons, you know? Yeah. Maybe not. I mean, maybe she's supposed to look like some, you know, like, uh, you know, Im, you know, like a lot of immigrant people back, you know, yeah, like uh, Titanic yeah, days would still wear shawls and stuff like this. So I don't know, maybe. Maybe she's supposed to look kind of commoner but i don't know i think it's just the headdress makes her look like she's still regal somehow yeah well it looks like very expensive fabrics and and stuff like that you know it's not like plain dress not like they were wearing when they got on he was all in his scurvy you know snotty snot on the sleeves outfit and stuff and now he's all in his like smoking jacket see that right there there's nothing real in that scene but him There's uh, Ayla Sakura, too. That was cool. Now, this is I the other... I like this scene, but I would have liked this scene a lot better if it had explained... And they could have done it very easily that none of these lightsabers are lethal lightsabers. That somehow they're on just, like, flashlight mode. You know what I mean? I'm thinking these kids could, like, kick our asses. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> You know, but I, I, I wish they would have brought Spielberg in to just work with the kid actors. He would have gotten better performances out of them. They're still, yeah. I realize that they're just like, you know, little kids stuff. But this is the second scene after I popped up that first scene when I had the bootleg. The second scene is when Yoda, you know, did this scene here when he dims the lights and everything. And I, I saw like this, this and I was just like, wow. I'm like, this movie is full of beautiful imagine that, you know, this is a great, you walk right along through the stars, you know, you can walk right up to him and point him out. I love that. One thing I would love to know what the official bullshit reason, you know, the official retro bullshit explanation thingy is, is in the expanded universe novel there was um, a Kaminoan Jedi. Now, Yoda's been around. I mean, he's, you know, long-lived enough. You know, this whole scene doesn't work if there was actually a Jedi from, you know, it was from Kamino. You know what I mean? That it just doesn't work at all that he doesn't know what planet where, where was the Jedi from, Where was the Jedi from, in a book or something? Yeah, one of the expanded universe books. Yeah, that's their problem. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's them messing up. Yeah, whoever wrote that, I think they just sort of forgot or maybe right. thought that right. they wouldn't remember that Camino was supposed to be this hidden secret planet, you know, that nobody nobody knew about. But, you know, having there actually be a Kaminoan Jedi kind of throws that whole thing out of whack. Well, that whole element of the story doesn't really work for me that much because it's like they end up taking the clone army. And it's like, would you take a clone army from a planet of people you don't even know anything about and take an army and put the whole universe at 
at risk over you know what i mean right uh, with an unknown quantity like that so i have to think that there's well, plus some... they take every piece of co uh, equipment they're going to possibly need to wage a war with them too how did they know that the situation on geonosis was so bad that they needed to bring their giant tanks everything and yeah walkers and every damn piece of equipment that they had you know that that always struck me as funny is what if they had brought all that stuff and then they got there and it was the equivalent of one cop had one car now, pulled over. You now, know? is it obvious that R2 in, in that last scene was like on a cart being pulled behind him? Like on a, you know. <laughs> I like how it showed how, how R2 gets upstairs, though. Yeah. You know, it actually was showing that in the background. That woman's creepy. She looks like, I don't know. She looks like somebody. And she looks like a girl I like used Condi to Like Rice with. or something with, with white, you know, like a white face on her side. It just looks creepy to me. Yeah. Thanks, Santa Claus. <laughs> I'll take it into consideration. <laughs> she looks like this girl that I worked with who was, I'm trying to think, she wasn't from Thailand, but she was, she was Asian. And her name was Tari Kok. Very unfortunate name. <laughs> K-O-K. She looks a little... She looks like Indian. Like India. Like... Yeah, now that you say that, I see... I, at first, I thought I thought she was actually a black woman with, with like, white, white makeup, makeup on. on. Which I, I guess, you know, turnabout is fair play, but, you know... <laughs> He's getting pissed. I like that. See, his temper's coming through, and she sees it. She sees I love that scene right there. You're right. With with his white beard and those green clothes, he does, he does look like Santa Claus. He looks like the, like, Swedish version, you know, Sunsa's clothes or something, you know, like, the, like <laughs> from well. the 1800s. Yeah, exactly. Sunsa's here we go. I, One of probably my favorite planet in in Star Wars right here. I love this shit. I, I would say this this planet and the city right here and uh, and Nab and um, not Naboo Cloud City. For one thing, they're very well, visually this, similar. I think. But yeah, this is this is the Cloud City moment of this. Yeah, movie. exactly. It's, it's like it's it's the parallel to Cloud City, and it's brilliant. Well, the hell, way... this whole movie I think is a parallel to the Empire Strikes oh, yeah. Back. That's why I wonder why people give it such a hard time because this is definitely the Empire Strikes Back of the prequels, you know, and that's why I love it. Yeah, I I thought I would say up to me episode three is the empire of it because episode three is the most emotional one for me. Episode three, I actually towards the end of it, I was you know I was feeling for Anakin. I was like, don't do it, man, and you know he's mm -hmm. gonna do it. He's got to do it. It's it's <laughs> it brings in the next three movies. This this all is very THX eleven thirty eight too. The white on white. And I love that the, it has that sort of alien gray feel to it, you know. Oh yeah, and uh, and he's in this like sterile, sterile atmosphere with these very proper creepy, creepo aliens. I love these guys. 
I think uh, these are this is one of my favorite alien races in Star Wars is the Kaminoans, just because they are very alien. Yes. Yes, they have that feel of being more evolved, further evolved, extremely intelligent. Right. That it would be very interesting to see. You know, they probably stay out of they just they just build armies and stay out of everything else probably and just prosper. But I wonder if they I wonder if like you could take one of these Kaminoans and toss them off the edge there and they could go swimming around in the water cuz they look like they would they look like they're made to go swimming around. It looks like their nostrils yeah. like could close off, you know what I mean? It's very interesting and they're wearing like spacesuits almost too, like somehow There's a uh, a series of of juvenile novels um that were the those Boba Fett books. I don't know if you've seen those around or not. I read the first couple of them, and the first one or two take place, um, like just prior to this movie, and then it it goes concurrently at one point, right up to the part with the arena battle and what happens to Django and all that. And it really went into a lot of Boba's life on Camino, you know, and, and the Caminoans and what it was like to actually live in that city where it rains all the damn time and all that. And I really found a lot of that stuff interesting, how the author kind of fleshed things out with, with how that worked. But I can't remember if it said anything about the Caminoans themselves, whether they, you know, were, were water people or what. There's that one scene that will okay. come up where we see that bird thing. I just have to say, of, you, you, uh -huh. you're not going to distract me away from this dialogue, man. I know you're trying to defend the love story. The sand gets everywhere stuff. There were audible, like in the theater, there was audible laughter and moans and groans. All, And once again, George Lucas, dialogue. Not the actor's fault as much. As a matter of fact... That's what I'd be doing right now if I were him. <laughs> but I'd try to come up with some better lines. I'm sorry, I just couldn't let I, I just couldn't let the whole like the whole like but sand See, I is like rough. This. I like the only thing I don't like in this scene, literally, I like every piece of this except and we're not gonna hear it probably because we've got our volume turned down, but the, the music just yeah, it's there might they might, might as, as well, well have put, put the record, record drag on there. Yeah, because yeah, it, it does. And it, I think that is so awkward because it pulls your attention to the music, which should never happen. You know, it, it's, it's almost an like awkward scene, but it, that yeah. doesn't make it awkward in the right way. You're right. It's it's yeah, it's. It's not that a very Star Warsy very effect. This is hundred percent Star Wars right here. This Just, is absolutely amazing. The the cloning I love this. And it looks very Cloud City, very alien, you know? I, I love it. And you know what GHX it actually this, this is kind of what I thought that the interior of the mothership in, in close encounters would look something like this. You know? Yeah. It's 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 uh, you know it, I I like how you just get all these little just little visual snippets of of how the clones are are um trained and what their daily life is like you know so cool 
I have a screensaver of this shot right here. I love it. Just a super high resolution shot of it. It's beautiful. Uh, of which part? Of where they're walking down that hallway. You'll be oh, on really? in the two communities. I need to go back to this and because my the the player I'm using at the moment takes uh, really nice screen captures and screen capture shitloads of stuff from this because yeah. wow. I'm telling you, the 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 level the level of fidelity on this disc you know it's not blu-ray i the blu-rays will be interesting but literally Here's one of my favorite moments where he walks out on the balcony and then we get the shot of yeah. just how many troopers we're talking about here or you know clones i mean wow yes they are magnificent <laughs> i love that part all right bust all you want i like this part this i for one thing it's it's beautiful with the with the waterfalls in behind and i like this this is two young kids you know out on a picnic and and kind of falling in love and i like it because she's really resisting you know she she likes him and she's falling for him but she's denying it to herself and that's the part of this that works for me, you know. And I like the dialogue in this too, you know, where where he reveals his feelings about the political system. His, and his, I don't think it works. Survival. I think that there should be somebody in charge that makes people right. He basically says he basically says, "What about fascism?" <laughs> I don't know. Maybe fascism's the only way something would work. That's basically what he's saying. You know, he's like, you, right. you need one person to tell people what to do. So that's, yeah, that's... Then they uh, should be made to. I love that line. Then they should be made to. Well, when he says, of course not me, I'm thinking, he's thinking, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> not, and and like, like her, he's in denial of it, you know. But I think he is thinking maybe me, you know. Or maybe Palpatine. See, I really like that part where... See, she realizes she's falling for him and she's thinking, I can't do it, I'm, you know... Well, you see, the thing is, the, I think the problem with it it's is... the sound of music. Exactly, I think the problem... <laughs> it's the sound of music with giant ticks. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think the problem with the love story in this is it's... Is this movie is... It's... it's you could say primarily a love story, but it is. It's it's got Obi Wan's mystery, you know, detective story. It's got the action angle to it. So, the whole movie is if they had the whole movie to develop their romance, they could be more subtle with it. But really, they you only have a few sequences of scenes. You know, you have you know a few things to do to get them hooked up. You know, you can't spend two hours you could but he didn't spend two hours so it's not yeah, see, very there's subtle a, you know right there on riding that creature you're right so, yeah, you're right, you're right. They are they are creatures of the water well i'm thinking that their outfits that they wear are sort of like armor i'm thinking that they're like an exoskeleton that they wear those when yeah. they're out of the water to so they can stand upright and stuff but when they're in the water they're probably like little slithery eels you know they probably right. like 
so they probably don't have much like strength to their backbone. I like that. Uh, Boba looks I like love it. that. Boba's look. a little fucking. He reminds me of all the little bullies when we were kids, you know. Yeah, he's, he's a little little tough guy. God, you you're know? right. He's those Ducharme kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's total Ducharme. <laughs> what a great name too for some pricky bully people. <laughs> I I really liked this scene where they feel yes. each other out and they both are. They're both badasses, and the two badasses know exactly what's going on. This was the Boba Fett walks out from behind the the wall in the the ambush scene in The Empire Strikes Back. Yes, that's that's what this is, and it so works for me. Oh, I when I you know this, I I think people lost a lot. This is a very subtle scene. They you know they right now they both know what's up. Right now you know. Django's thinking, okay, how the fuck do we get out of here? You know, I'll keep right. this, you know, keep this on the level. I don't want to scare Boba, and I don't want you know the Kaminoans to know what's going on. Boba's Boba's his kid, so he you know he knows right away how to how to like cover you know to cover for his dad without even really thinking. You learn a lot in this, you know. That you story's learn a lot. been told, by the way, about him being recruited on the moons of Bogdan. That story is actually in a four mission four issue miniseries uh, about Django it Fett. It was great. It's like Gordon Man, right, it, it doesn't matter if you, if you if you speak it out loud in the movie it's gonna be you know it's right. gonna be used for <laughs> I like that line. Always a pleasure to meet a Jedi yeah. because he is not afraid no. of Jedi. And at this point, I think he'd actually killed some Jedi, if I'm not mistaken. But at the very least, he's not afraid of um, Obi-Wan at all. The only reason he tries to run here is because there's something bigger than him going on. You know, he's working for... Uh, Count Dooku. Well, he's 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 also Jango Fett, and he's pragmatic. You know, he will right. he, he won't stay and die. <laughs> right. Well, he's not going to put Boba at risk either. Right. But if it was just him, I think I think a fight could have broken out right there. You know. Oh, this is a scene just prior to the big cock tease scene that coming up. But more, more real, more like totally Earth style antique chairs, nice antique chairs, and a little mini space pineapple too. If you notice, sitting there, it's just like yeah. a little tiny. Sp yeah, you're right. But you know, right? The the this scene. Is an, it's just like look at the outfit she's got on right to go hang out with him she's got the fire lit this, this is totally I don't know you probably have never have you ever watched the red letter media Mr. Plinkett reviews of the Star Wars movies you really have to He, they're comedy but he really makes a lot of good points about the illogic of this scene of how you know, she brings him to this place, and now it's like, let's go talk. She dresses up like this. Her body language is all just like, uh, move in for the kiss, move in for the. You know, she's because she she, she, she wants, wants it. She wants it, but she's denying herself because she's right. But but even if you're denying yourself, the... you don't put on the booby thing and light the fi light the fire and get the she the mood is set. You 
come on, man. You've had enough girlfriends. You know how you know how you. Okay, say you're out on on a date with your girlfriend or whatever. You're out with your girlfriend and you go back to her apartment and there's candles all over the place. You know you're getting some. You know, the can you you come over and the candles are lit and stuff. That she's they're thinking girls are thinking ahead. You know they 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 set the scene, and she's totally set the scene to say yes here, and then she just is like. <laughs> and and yeah they're but they're both young she thinks she's older than but she's still really young because we're old and <laughs> so it seems young to me but it's just we live in a real world come back to it if i was her and i got my you know script and it had that line on it it's just like oh man you know it's, What's that's wrong a, with that line? It's very modern. It's very like something you would hear on Dr. Phil <laughs> or something or on a TV show. A See, lot of, almost every piece of his dialogue in this in this sequence, it makes sense. I've spoken something very similar to this myself yes, in you, arguments with some girl that I was crazy for. Yes, you have. You know? Yes, you have. The, but I'll bet you what? Uh, I'll bet you this. I'll bet you it came out a lot smoother and more articulate. I than, doubt it. It's this, I probably sounded like a total idiot. Well, you know, I probably stumbled and fumbled mm-hmm. and sounded like a complete moron. You see, that's why people that say, "Oh, it's so stilted and it's so," you know, he sounds all blah blah blah. Well, that, that, yeah, of course, because he's a young man fumbling for the words that he wants to express to the woman that he loves. Yeah, it should sound that way. Well, this, I love this, this scene. Is, this, this is, is how one I... of my favorite scenes really? of the entire movie because it lays out the whole rest of the saga. I mean, well, it does. Well, this is this, this this is this is how I think about it. What I think goes wrong with it is. All of George Lucas's dialogue does what it's supposed to. It 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 you know it 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 does. It sets up the rest the rest of the movie and it sets up the rest of of the the prequels. But it just could be better written as a as a as a writer. You know you don't you you. You don't only want to make it sound like it's natural dialogue. You want to make it sound like it's natural dialogue of this universe and and sometimes his dialogue sounds too much like a, a modern modern soap opera dialogue and so and not to even put down soap opera dialogue is really i mean there's a little bit of soap opera to this and 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 there's there's nothing wrong with good soap opera i just think george lucas is not a strong dialogue person i think he might have been stronger when he was younger because he might have been hanging around with more people who talk i don't i completely i i just disagree i think he's trying to write it on a level to where it sounds like an old fairy tale you know where people did in olden times speak on a more well i i don't know about that i think i think if i was level you know if i was 10 years old and 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 watching this or 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 like that that dialogue would be i even i think it would be completely fine it would be really resonant but it could just it could it could be tight it, it could be tightened up you know i just think i think he could it could have been more and he could have done it in that formal fairy tale style too but there's just some turns of phrase like you know 
it's the real world come back come back to it you know it just sounds too much like some something somebody would you know say or come back to reality and it can you know it's just uh, just a little too there's there's a few the, the, there's a few of those running all through the mostly in episode one um I really like I really like this sequence too of of him just freaking out we missed a part there that I didn't like that part where uh where Yoda said you know they were blind if they couldn't see the clone and then then Mace Windu like hangs his head inside that that part I never liked it just looks there's something odd about the way he does that he's just like sighs very resignedly you know and I think I think now there's a guy who is a great actor that seems in a lot of these movies to kind of schlep his way through his role a lot of the time in these which is very strange because he was one of the most ex- people most ex- he like petitioned to get in this movie right once again i think maybe his dialogue might have been or he was like i'm gonna really just like dial back my samuel jackson-ness so i don't you know i wanted i want to fit i think he was just trying so hard to be sort of fit seamlessly not be samuel l jackson you know she is so smoking hot in this part see i think that might be color in your uh <laughs> love story too is you might you i'm might, insulted by that you might be projecting yourself into anakin and going just like yeah i'd like to get me a little bit of that no no, no i'm not, not at, at all, all. No. no not a bit why not <laughs> See, I like how at the beginning he's standing in his Darth Vader stance there. And I love how this just starts right out. You know, this just, is where the movie kicks into just yeah, pure just, awesome mode right here. Because this is something I had waited since 1980 <laughs> to see. And it's... Effect it, and some ass. And it, and it comes out and it delivers on it. I, lo- I just love all this. This is this is one thousand percent Star Wars right here. This is the this is the stuff. I just had a spider crawl right in front of my face. That nice. was creepy. They're attracted to the carbon dioxide coming out of your. <laughs> and I love that I love that Boba is is you know comp- I I I love the fact that Boba is a real kid, you know. He's competent, you know. He knows how right. to fly the ship, he knows how to do the weapons, you know. When the shit hits a fan, he's right there with his dad, you know, doing it and he, you know. A few of these explosions look a little canned, but oh, I love that. And once again, insanely awesome sound design by Ben Burt. Oh, yeah. That just completely sets the scene. (laughs) 
Little little uh, green screeny with Obi Wan swinging there. But what are you gonna do? I wonder what that. Uh, it just seems like that rope or chain or whatever. You can't it is make it go faster. To. You can't throw it faster. That that rope doesn't have any weight to it. It would just like right. flittle, flittle I mean, around. It's like in the what way. did it attach to for one thing? Because it wasn't like there was a hook on it or what. But then also, I gotta think it, that they affect it. You know that they. You know they basically I tie guess. a knot with the force. You know. But I mean, still, that, oh, it makes my hands burn just thinking about you're holding on to this silken cord or whatever it is, and all of a sudden you come to an abrupt halt like and that. And it slices it's like all it your fingers cut. off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. What's oh. funny is is all of this. The, uh, He's got his spider tracer. All of these, um, <laughs> all of these, at, all, all of these atmospheres and places, I know them intimately because I played them a million times in Lego Star Wars. <laughs> And they and they lay them out right to the. They probably took this CG, you know, sets and and based all their stuff on it because I know what's behind like all those doors and stuff. It's awesome. And here we go with a little tattooing uh, Star Wars reverse of landing in a what could very well be the same bay that the Falcon was in, except this is Mosepsa. I like this scene <clears throat> with uh with uh Watto coming up. Yeah. I do like as much as I hated him in episode 1, I like him in this one because you know, I just like this whole scene. It's, it's very subtle. tense. It's tense and it's subtle, it's, you know. Yeah, it's subtle but it's very tense because when he realizes who Anakin is, you can see he's afraid of him. Yeah, he's like, "Oh shit, you know, I wasn't I wasn't the nicest guy to this guy." You know. Right. And now he can fucking slice and dice me. Right. But at the same time, when he recognizes him, there's still some affection. So Watto's not completely a... He's a bastard, but he's not, you know... I mean, that's just... That's very good acting for a CGI model. <laughs> I like it. The eye shift. Right. What do you know? <laughs> I love it. He's looking very French Foreign Legion here. Yeah, very much so. I was thinking that. I was thinking more like, uh, like Nam that. But yeah, you're right. French Foreign Legion is better. <laughs> I love looking at. He's got a little tooth hanging around his neck, and you see, I don't know. I didn't he? He's met Padme before. She looks pretty much exactly the same as the last time she, he met her. Yeah, but then I mean, again, he only met her once. Day, yeah. like you yeah, know, but that was a big day. Ten years ago, so that was a big day. Ten years ago, that really affected his life. This is true. <laughs> Profoundly, he lost. This is true. Lost his slave and lost a shitload of money. So. Yeah, so you can see he's afraid of him right there. I like yeah. that. You know, so I better not play around with this guy. But at the same time, he's also capable of lying Favorite to Jedi. scenes of the whole movie right here. That's beautiful. I love this.
This is pure awesome. Pure Star Wars. Yep. It makes me. It makes me. It makes me eager for the Clone Wars cartoons to come back. All this stuff. I wish that they would go ahead with the uh, the live action Star Wars TV show because they could do that show and have it be about Boba, and I would be so happy. I would love it to to focus heavily on Boba Fett. If they were doing stuff like this, wow, that's so one cool. of the best best sound effects. I remember sitting in the theater and the first time I heard that, and I'm like, "Yeah, God damn it, Ben Burt, you're a genius." That's you know, it's novel for Star Wars, but it makes total sense. It's so loud, yeah, that it actually like makes it's it, it's great. He uses he uses silence to communicate huge. A huge sound, you know that. Oh, it's... They've come a long way since the asteroid field in The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. That's for sure, and that's still amazing to me. You know, it's still incredible. But this is just wow. That was so. I mean, it was just incredible to me. I, you know, again, you know, since 1980, I this is the stuff I'd wanted to see was. The... You know, Boba Fett, well, of course it's Django, but, you know, Fett in action, the Slave One actually, you know, doing something other than just flying around looking awesome. This thing with the rapid-fire lasers, oh, I just love yeah. all of this. The, the, so the one awesome. shot of the Slave One flying right into the screen, yeah. firing, you know, that was, I mean, that was and one of the big things lasers, of the preview. Just how fast they're going, you know? Because this is how I imagined he was, you know, with I mean, it's like machine gun lasers. It's just great. Yeah. Well, he was, you know, armed to the teeth. Right. Basically, basically, you know, as as close as you're gonna get to a Jedi. <laughs> he's like a Navy SEAL. He's like a Marine. You know, like a, mm -hmm. like a super trained Marine. He's, you know, no no bullshitting around. Just, to keep just ahead of that thing and it's and you know we take it for granted because we see shit like this all the time but it's just beautiful the lights on the ship reflect off every you know when they were flying through that tunnel and the, they were lighting up the sides with the with their engines just just beautiful And this doesn't look CG at all. This doesn't look no. green screen layered at all. It looks just just awesome. And I love the scene of Boba just laughing and just like, yeah, you know. I mean, yeah, just so many parallels to Empire. Mm-hmm. Almost like in reverse, you know, almost like a mirror image of Empire with you know this time it's the slave one that's being tracked you know instead of right it's just beautiful yeah it reminds me of the Clone Wars cartoons, you know, the, the paintings come to life. 
matte paintings come to life. This is very 2001 A Space Odyssey. Mm hmm. How fast he comes in for a landing with that ship. That's cool. See, I like this because this is like halfway between Tatooine and Mars. There was some game I remember reading about. I can't remember which Star Wars game it was now. Where you could find yourself in a secret area of of Geonosis and find Obi-Wan's starfighter waiting, still sitting there. Oh, maybe it was uh, maybe it was one of the Lego ones. Could be. I can't remember. I remember reading that somewhere. Let's see. Here's a nitpick of mine. There you go, right there. There's C-3PO. He's been living there all that time. How does what's his face not recognize him when he comes back? But we just we discussed that at length already, so I'm not gonna. <laughs> Maybe three PO in real life isn't just very memorable. <laughs> Maybe he's a lot more appealing as a movie character in real life. Maybe people are like, "Yeah, it was fun hanging around C three PO," but yeah, <laughs> leave him on tattooing for a few years. <laughs> no, did they have to recreate this whole set? I bet you they did. Wow. The thing is, they probably at least had all the plans and stuff for it. You know, I, I can't imagine that the sets. Were, I mean, the sets were in tattooing originally, weren't they? Were they for? Were the were these sets in tattooing or were they in California? Uh, Tunisia, you mean? In Tunisia, I mean, yeah. <laughs> tattooing. Uh -uh. Might as well be tattooing. I want to say that some of, oh, I just read something about this not long ago too, that the real place that, you know, cause you know, there were some things that were a set and then there were other things that were yeah. existed somewhere. And I want to say this hole in the ground really existed you know, somewhere. Yeah. That really existed. And it, I think it just sold and it's, Ah, fuck. I, man, I, I would love to li have that own yeah. that place, man. That would be awesome to live there. Yeah, I just I just read about this, and I, now I can't remember what the story was saying. I would throw a big, like, yeah, what color? Purple milk? Was it purple in the first movie? What color was, was that blue. milk? Blue milk. I'd throw a big blue, blue milk. milk party <laughs> blue when milk. I moved in for my housewarming party. I like that uh, look of Padme right there. But she constantly changes her out. It's like every five minutes she's got a completely different outfit on. I'm telling you, it's to appeal to the girls. The, the little girl. I mean, I think George Lucas has really tried since he started doing the prequels to add more elements that appeal to girls into the, you know, Ahsoka being the, you know. And I think Ahsoka was the biggest, his biggest, I think that worked out the best. I think that was like her character is work is a really good character, and is a is a good character for little girls. And that sort of reminds me of the promotional posters they had for Episode One of right. the little Anakin with the Darth Vader shadow. Well, I like the music they're playing right here because where Anakin was standing right there on the on the edge of that thing, that's exactly where Luke stands in yeah. the first 
when he watches the sunset. That's a great effect. This reminds me of a video game. I like the uh, I like the use of the Duel of the Fates, which I got to be honest, by the time this movie came out, I was so sick of hearing Duel of the Fates. But I like that there's just a just a snatch of it played in this, you know, just in this one part. And then that's it. You know, well, and I don't it, it, it just proves that John Williams is capable of still writing iconic stuff, you know? Oh, yeah. All these weird bony looking structure things that the Geonosians have. Although that looks very much like a painting, doesn't it? It, they they remind I I think of them almost as wasps and that they probably like have some secretion that they make all yeah. their housing and stuff yeah. out of. It does. It's very uh, Geiger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it. I mean, he, it looks like you know it's it's that cathedral sort of architecture, but it looks like it's it's very organic. It's it's right. it's very um, geometric. But at the same time, all those pieces that are geometric are all like bony. I love it. It's it's really nice. Uh, the factory. Yeah, we'll get back to that. <laughs> I like it, but I could have I could have lived without us actually going into it. Yeah. I like these scenes where he's picking up. I, I you know, it's kind of cheesy, you know, him sneaking and getting to hear the key parts of the dialogue. But right. you only get little snippets, you know, and and I like it, and and that's actually that's actually your first glimpse of Dooku, isn't it? Yeah, that's actually the the. I want to know why doesn't Dooku sense him? I don't know. Maybe Jedi's are able, you know. Maybe there's some, you know. Maybe that I don't know. I mean, because when Obi Wan comes maybe, to the Death Star, well, that's you know, what I'm saying. Right away, maybe Darth Vader's per, you know ears perk up, and he says, right. you know, I I sense something." You know, but this is this is what I'm thinking. Maybe if Qui Gon showed up here, Dooku would be like, "Hmm," you know, because he was his Padawan and they were really close. Maybe since there's no history between, you know, I never Obi -Wan noticed there was a yak face there before. That's kind of cool. I, I totally never noticed that before. He's just sort of stuffed off in the, the corner. Yeah. A guy with the real long, skinny face, I always thought he was just a little too cartoony. Uh-huh. Doesn't look real somehow. This is great. That looks like a real painting. That looks like a matte right. painting. I love it. I love that it was, you know... It, that right there where he jumps off that mesa it totally looks like mm -hmm. a painting I, this entire sequence works for me so well because I always wanted to get a little more of the Tusken Raiders you know I don't necessarily need to see what they Daily look like life and all, and that, all that yeah yeah but I really like you know because they're they're very much you know like like nomadic Indians or something you know what I mean I, I really like this glimpse you know, it's just a tiny little glimpse of their culture. 
but it was enough to to make me that much more intrigued about them, you know. She's not looking so good. No, she's seen better days. I think he could have totally stolen a line from uh, Indiana Jones right there. She goes, Annie, and he goes, oh, don't call me that, please. Yeah. <laughs> she does a little Yoda thing by keep saying his name over and over again. Like, <laughs> There's another. Uh. <laughs> See what I, but, but a lot, you know, a lot of this drama, he had to, to set it in one scene, you know, he had to have it all, the complete closure with his mom in basically one scene, you know, and, uh, I'm sorry, say that again. What? Well, well, all the, all the dramatic stuff, you know, the death of his mother, you know, all the closure with his mother, basically in the structure of this movie, he's got like one scene to do it, you know? Right. So everything become shorthand which i don't mind that you know and and as a star wars movie as as like a kid all this stuff would be like insanely intense you know than it is the, the kids don't pick up on the 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 cheesiness of the dialogue like we do and and stuff like that or or if something doesn't quite work this is you know this would be really intense this is you know someone's mother dying you know i think this is intense and then this look that he gives is, is right awesome there. yeah i love that i am going to kick their asses this is pretty brutal yeah you even see a couple kids this part right here does not work for me because only because I know that all of that dialogue from Qui-Gon is stock dialogue from the first movie. And it bugs me. Uh -huh. It's like if they couldn't get uh, what's this, Liam Neeson to come back and record new lines, then I wish he had just left it the hell out. Or gotten a you decent know? voice actor to do it. They, you know. Yeah. But that sort of thing always jumps out at me, you know? It's like constantly, you know, reusing well, we, footage from Star Trek, the motion picture and all the other Star Trek movies. It to me and I would imagine to most other fanboys that have seen those movies over and over and over again, that sort of thing jumps right out at me. And so when they do it in this in a Star Wars movie, like when they had, you know, the made the very, very stupid decision to put. Uh, Palpatine's death scream as Luke's you know, scream as he falls down the, the Bespin shaft in the uh, special edition of Empire. It was like, why did you do that? I know that that's not Luke making that scream. That's the Emperor from the next movie. You right. know, it, that sort of thing jumps right out and smacks me. I hate when they do stuff like that. Yeah, like they think, like, like they would even think that people wouldn't be paying attention enough to notice that in these movies. Too, exactly. Yeah, you know? exactly. I mean, come on. They, they know the, the level of, of, you know, what do they call that? Obsessive compulsive. Yeah. That, yeah. that people have about these movies. Yeah, Hell that I have. Attentive. About these yeah. Yeah. 
inattentive OCD, whatever you want to call it. Yep. I can't believe how fast this movie's gone by. Because yeah, because it's. Well, awesome. we still got quite a bit to go it's still yet. Going. Always, yeah, it's still going, yeah. man. Because I always feel like the movie's about wrapping up when we get to Geonosis, but I forget that there's like a, another freaking hour left when there's the a lot of stuff. just when the battle breaks out, you know. Now here's one of my huge nitpicks coming up here in just a second. I like this part a lot because this always reeked to me of, okay, I did what you assholes couldn't do or wouldn't do. Yeah. Also, maybe it's wrong to point it out, but it always kind of um, struck me as odd that his mother waited to the exact moment of her rescue to croak. Yeah, you know? good timing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He has to do. He has to do all. He has to close up the whole thing. You know, he couldn't do. Okay, she's alive. Bring her back, and then she dies, or you know, something like that. He has to do it all in one scene. You know, there's some blue milk right well, see, there. That's what's kind of bugging me about. You know, when I was talking about earlier about the uh, about the um, speeder chase at the beginning, and I have the same exact complaint about the entire thing with Grievous at the beginning of the next movie. Same thing, same complaint I've got about Return of the Jedi with the whole rescuing Han from Jabba the Hutt. You've got a lot of story to tell in these two hours. You know, I think, I think this is the only one that runs well over two hours. This they're usually just two over, and a half. yeah, they're usually like two hours and four minutes. They're usually right. just over two hours. So, you know, say two hours... You know, you, you've got a hell of a lot, especially with the prequels, especially with this movie, because you already dicked around for the entire first movie and told a story we I still feel we really didn't necessarily need or at least need most of. So now you've got even less time to tell more of the story of, you know, how did, uh, you know, how did Anakin and, and Padme hook up? You know, how did Luke and Leia come about? You know, how did how did Anakin fall to the dark side? You know, how did he get disfigured and become Darth Vader. All these things you had to tell, and you're screwing around with a 20-minute airspeeder chase. You're screwing around with a, you know, like 40-minute thing with uh, with chasing Grievous at the beginning of the next movie. It just feels like wasted time to me. It's like, I don't really need all this bullshit. I really wish you would oh, concentrate really? on the main story. Yeah. No, it, it really, the, I mean, Star Wars movies have to have a certain number of set pieces in them. Those are the set well, I pieces. I understand that, but I mean, I think that there were other set pieces that could have furthered the story better that, you know, because... You know, like like Jedi, you know, a lot of people are, are kind of down on Jedi that, you know, it, it was a serious come down after how, the awesomeness that was the Empire Strikes Back. Well, I blame a lot of that on the fact that, you know, a, a, a good, solid what what's the Jabba thing take up at least a third of the movie. And ultimately, you know, I think it just bogs that movie down because then you've got to cram that much more of the story you really need to be telling into, into that less of time at the end, you know, you know, the whole resolution of, you know, is Vader Luke's father, all that sort of thing. Shit. I just, we just talked over that whole sequence and that's a part that I really, really love. 
where uh, you know he tells her what he did to the sand people and all that. I, I like. Uh, what did you have any problems with that part? I have did problems you... with her reaction because he just basically told her he was a mass murderer, <laughs> and she was like, "They're there," you know. She might, you know, I if yeah, if I were her, I. They're only sand people. Whatever. I, I don't think that's the way Padme would think of it. You know, Padme's always been a strong, like, anti-violence. <laughs> She's always been, like, very, anti, you know, anti-violence or whatever. And I, I don't know. I would start thinking twice about entering into a relationship with somebody who's just, like, you know, he killed sand people. He killed the children too. He killed children too, <laughs> you know. But they're sand so, people children. Oh, whatever. I don't think. Uh, I don't think she distinguishes. I don't know that you actually raise an interesting point. I hadn't given a whole lot of thought to before, to be perfectly honest, because we do see where where in this universe there is a very human centric attitude and and aliens are are openly discriminated against in a lot of ways however i don't get that vibe from her especially no, she's, with her oh, being a senator and all that you know she shouldn't be well then again though some senators we, are like that but she's always come off as being very no you know what i just thought of a, an angle around this if you'll remember in the first movie, you know, she lived in a separated culture where the Nab the um, Gungans I were in a symbiotic relationship, but yet they weren't considered equals with her people. They, they no, lived but guess what? She was she was the Nixon. <laughs> she was the Kirk to the Klingon. Right. She was the one but who actually in... She is so nipping right there. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's why they had to put that. They were just like that's why they had that. They probably made that outfit so they could just adjust those seams like to. But um, yeah, she's the she's the one who actually brought that to an end. She sort of had to do it out of necessity of out of necessity, exactly. But she, but she still was the one who took the step, and she actually, you know, bowed to the bowed to the Gungans, and and yeah, I I. I I, I didn't I wouldn't expect her to lecture him on killing the sand people, but I, if I were her, I would have been like, mm, I don't know about the you right. know I don't know if this is my type of guy you know. See that outfit she's got, where those things are placed, the 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 ends of them, you know the 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 right angle part. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Makes it give the appearance that I love that. <laughs> I think they made it that way because maybe she was, maybe the set was cold and they were like, oh, she keeps nipping. They're like, okay, so the, you know, like she could always take that little seam and put it right up over the nipples and, and sort of hide them. That's what I like to think. <laughs> that would have been the job I would have tried to, I would have been the, the nipple adjuster on episode two. I would have liked that credit in a Star Wars This movie. right here. This, this is my big bitch. Right here. That's it? You're going to take my fucking droid and just fly away. There's, They don't talk to the Larses before they leave. I hate that. I really don't think that he would have just up and split like that, you know? I, and I think that that would have added that much more... 
I don't know. I don't want to get into a whole nother thing about Owen Lars again, but I just really I don't hate think that. their their relationship was very warm, you know what I mean? Right, but I mean, come on, at the very least, there there should have been a little thing in there of, of him saying goodbye to his his half brother or stepbrother or whatever the hell you want to call it. I guess it would be stepbrother. I, I hate the fact that they just, you know, the crisis comes up and it's like, okay, let's leave. And they leave and that's, that's it. See, I wish I knew. I wish I knew which scenes got cut. I'd love to see a, a listing of the scenes that got cut for the, um, and trimmed for the IMAX edition of this. Right. I wish I could. Man, remember. that moved. That, I, I remember seeing it and it was like the third time I saw the movie. And I was like, you know what? I was not happy about having to see a movie get trimmed by 20. Because literally, the IMAX film is so big that you can only have two hours of it fit in the reels that they have. So they had to skim 20 minutes off this movie to get it in the IMAX format. And boy, it made a huge difference and it did not... I'd like to see it again to, to I'd like I, I'd like to see just what got cut out and I like the scene too with uh Yeah the first scene where we really get to see Dooku feeling out Obi Wan and trying to pretend that he's on his side, but it's just so glaringly obvious that he's not. Plus, how classic is that for an actor to play Dooku, you know? It's Awesome. I'm wondering why does he tell Obi Wan about the the Sith Lord in the? You know, I, I I'm that's thinking never... he doesn't think Obi Wan's gonna get out of here alive, and I think he's he's testing the waters to see how how Obi Wan will react and see if he knows anything or you know, see if Obi Wan will say we know we've been tracking him for you know or whatever, you know. See, he even gives him his name. And he lays the whole story out. Because I think he thinks that Obi-Wan is not getting off here alive, you know. You know, basically you'll join me to, or die. I wonder if I never thought of this before, but I wonder if he's trying to get if he's trying to pull the same thing Vader pulls in Empire where it's, you know, join me and together we will rule the galaxy. You know, I wonder if he's trying to seduce he might be want to his side to become his apprentice so that they can kill Sidious and then Dooku takes over. Right. That's right. very that's I how... had never thought about that before, but you're, that's very likely. And or, and or you know I mean he knows how he knows that he's disposable and can be replaced by another. You know he's old too. You know. Ooh, that looks fake as hell. Yeah, that looks <laughs> really fake, actually. It's great that. 
was shouting in Eng alien language, but they're all shouting Palpatine, Palpatine. <laughs> He does okay in this movie, but boy, in episode three, he shines, man. That is the that is the Emperor's movie. Palpatine's movie. Was it this movie or was it the first movie that had ETs in it? I think it was the first one. I like the little Jason Jr. robot flying around in all this. <laughs> See, I think these two know way more than they let yeah. on. I think these two I are. I do too. I think these two know the shit's hitting the fan. I don't think Samuel L. Jackson knows that he's going to end up dead. But I think that, that they both have a bit more insight into the future as to what's going on. <clears throat> There's too many scenes of both of them like having meaningful looks, you know. Yeah. I think they both knew that shit was falling apart, mm -hmm. and they just weren't sure. They how knew. To save I think it. they just knew it was a lot further advanced than anybody else did, you know. I think they were the Yoda, especially. They were all operating, you know, many many steps ahead of all the other Jedi. Well, I know I've been very glowing and very apologetic about a lot of this movie up till now, but here's where the bitching's about to start because there's some stuff coming up that I can't stand. It largely involves 3PO. I felt like 3PO's involvement in this movie was just kind of shoehorned in. You I just I, had you know, to, yeah, it just, you just, we just needed 3PO in the movie. Well, he becomes way too comic in it. He becomes a, a he's cartoon, a, a cartoon pratfall in in this movie. You know, coming what, up here. What I can't fathom is I know that it bugged Anthony Daniels, so it was like I I wonder why he did he didn't just say, you know what I I'm content with the parts that I have. If if you if you're squeezing me in. You know, and I've got to have these ass clown scenes, then I'll just take the, the scenes that I've got. You know, you don't need to do all this other stupid shit with my character because, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, but then at the same time, you know, he was probably like, well, it's George's baby, you know. You know, what am I, you know, what can I say He's to... He's been very vocal about his feelings with... with the prequels though i mean he has not kept his mouth shut well that's okay you can have an opinion on it but at the same time he did it you know right he did he and i mean i would i would be the same way if i was on a movie set and i thought the director wasn't doing something right depending on the director and how the atmosphere of it, aliens yeah i would i would say something i would say i don't like how this is done but if the director was like yeah okay but we're still gonna do it my way then I'd be like oh okay it's the same with bosses you know a director right. the director's a boss so that was an ET sound there wasn't it yeah ow these guys these guys just these guys get killed like bugs I, I wonder what I mean their intelligence level has to be pretty high if they built you know they're such technological creatures and they just get they just get wiped ow. out like nothing they get cut in half Blah. literally like bugs yeah I, I, oh shit 
I wasn't I wasn't too big on this scene and I was just like, oh here's uh here's a preview of what the video game's gonna play. And once again I know <laughs> I know exactly what she has to do because I had to do it all in, in Lego Star Wars. All through here. They pretty faithfully recreated all of this. But, you know, I mean it it looks good, but it's too too Rube Goldbergy, you know, it doesn't it doesn't have a real feel of menace to it, you know? Although there's some aspects of it, uh, like, okay, now here's a scene right here. All this with is is CG-3PO. This shot here where R2 pushes, this here is all CG, CG. Yep. Weird. And this is just ridiculous. Look at the reflexes that C-3PO has in this. Right. He looks like a cartoon. He does. I he, hate this part. It's it's almost like the little kid playing with their action figure look to it, you know. Yeah, and the whole beheading and and stuff. And I have problems with R2D2's jetpacks too. You yeah, know? And, I do too. They're, they're coming and going with their I can only guess that at some point they took him off him or something. They said, well, you know, you know, I, I just realized I that won't work. I was thinking that maybe toward the tail end of the run of Clone Wars, they would they would address that, but he still had him. Yeah. In Revenge of the Sith, so yeah. Ah, oh, just, just bad joke lines. How can the head and the body run independent of each other? I. I just, oh, I just hate this. I really, it's Wi-Fi. just. How could their software be compatible? Right. <laughs> and it's just one Schwarzenegger line after another yeah. with 3PO from here on out. You yep. know, I'm beside myself. Yes, that's oh, the worst it's... one. See, the stuff with Anakin, I like, you know, but up until, you know, the stuff with Padme, I even liked up until the part where she got stuck in this vat. Because I just, that's just, I don't know, it's just cheesy. It's just too artificial of a... But it's the 3PO stuff that really just doesn't do it for me, you know. And that just looks like her on a, on a set, on a static set somewhere, you know. Yeah. Going from side to side of this bowl that she's in. I don't yes. like that quick zoom stuff like Battlestar Galactica either. That drives me crazy. Well, zoom. This is this is the Star Wars movie that starts has zooms and hand yeah. and handheld looking shots in it. It's very yeah. it was very strange, especially it since was it was all very digital. Strange. Now that was probably like with her. That was probably a real zoom when someone pulling a zoom. There's a lot of digi weird digital zooms in here at the end. And that would have really beaten the fuck out of her. Uh, that yeah, that drop, her, yeah, that drop, and then getting turned over, it would have, like shattered her ankles and stuff. How does he get out of that thing? We'll see in a second here. That I just think it's what a nice coincidence that it built that right around his. 
his hand like that. Yeah. <laughs> Django. That'd make a nice uh, screensaver. Nice wallpaper, yeah. That would. You know, when the battle droids come out, that you're surrounded. That's that's a new the new. It's like you put your hands up when the. Now these sequences, when I could zoom in, all the sequences of this arena when you would blow this up. Now I think this, right, I think this, this is the most, um, like this is the most dialogue romantic story. This scene is works. I like that line. I've been dying a little inside each day since you came back into my. I love that. That well, yeah, because they're forced. They're forced to be honest the, now. They she have to finally admits. She's gonna be honest. I love the look on his face. You love me. You you wouldn't tell me before. Yeah, she thinks she's gonna die. (laughs) Right, and she says that it doesn't matter now. We're gonna die. He's not worried about it. (laughs) He knows they're not gonna die. Yeah, I think our lives are about to be destroyed anyway. That God, I love this. See, the part where they finally find each other and they finally come together. And it's as they're being marched out to their deaths. I I just, I don't know. There's something very classic about that to me. Very, you know, Greek tragedy, Shakespearean type shit to me. It just works. I really like this part. Yeah, I love this shot right here. Yeah. That's great. The beautiful pan. It's like a Spielbergian pan right there, you know, to show the, the jeopardy that they're in. And I love that the, the love theme, which I'm a total sucker for that love theme. That love theme is great. I think that's one of William's best pieces of music he's ever written is, is Across the Stars. You know, that that comes up very strong in this part. I don't know. I'm just. I'm worried now that I'm just gonna take nothing but shit for this, you know. On the, on the <laughs> oh, well, people, but I. That's you the know, risk you take being a. Well, it is, but you know, that's the whole reason I wanted to do this episode because I wanted to defend this movie, and I especially wanted to defend the love part, and I, you know, it works for me. I really like it. It's the whole tied reason up why like that works for me. <laughs> But this is cl- this is getting to be some cl- you know classic, and, and this this turns into a big tribute to Ray Harryhausen. Oh yeah, big time. Did it bug you that Django spent so much of this movie without his helmet on? No, it probably sucks wearing that helmet. <laughs> I would probably not wear it whenever I possibly could. And it might be out of respect to being with his... I love the sound guy. that monster yeah. makes. Yeah, it's pissed. All, I love all these creatures are pissed. They've been tantalized till they're like... This thing. This thing. When when this thing snaps a spear later on, you can just see the coiled like anger in it. Yeah. And I love that. The crowd <laughs> cheers with it. <laughs> Damn, I used to know the names of all these creatures, and I've since forgotten. But that one in the middle, I, I'm pretty sure they made 
toys of all I've, these, but the one I've, in the middle, the one with the horn, I still want the toy of that. I one. have the he's, toy he's of that. My, do you really? Yes, and he roars when you pull his tail. Oh, no way. His mouth opens and he roars, yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I picked that up at a rummage sale. I've never seen a toy for the praying mantis sort of thing, but that thing is great. I love I love how when it digs its digs its front claws in the camera shakes, you know. Right. See the camera gives a little shake as if it's that's a nice little touch to And I love this how Anakin and Obi Wan just totally they, they have control of the situation. Yep. They've been through this before, you know. Anakin's psyched because he's just like, yeah, I got her to admit she loves me. We'll fight our way out of here. Ow! How did her uh, her uh, outfit get torn before the thing scratched her? Probably just climbing up there. I don't care as long as it... I love that shot where it's... Where it's uh, that thing looks real. Yeah, it, it does. It looks real and it looks... And this was another one I loved having the bootleg of it where it was kind of fuzzy. This whole sequence really looked like an old Ray Harryhausen movie. Right. But just way more... <laughs> it's pouting like a cat would do. Yeah. It's like half cat. It's got some, some strong rat in it, too. Yeah. More it is. It's shake. like a combination of a rat and a tiger or something yeah. like that. Yeah, it's cool. I still like the bull thing best, though, or whatever it's supposed to be. The... I like that Anakin can can actually like use the force on that one. And, yeah. And, and I like how it reacts. It's It wants to kill, but it's just like, I'm... Nothing I can do. Ow. This this is one of my favorite scenes right up coming up here. Kind of CGI'd looking Anakin right there. Yeah. It's, it's like riding the bullet gillies. <laughs> it's his tribute to Urban Cowboy. Yep, right there. That's total Ray Harryhausen. Yeah. With with uh, Obi-Wan stabbing the air in front of him and then the monster, the CGI monster. Yeah, that is right out of something like Sinbad or yeah. something like that. Yeah. I love that. I love it. I think they actually pulled back on this, the CGI. I remember watching this. this with my wife before and she said that that would totally, uh, yeah. That would not, yeah, that Just would not. Just because girls don't have balls doesn't mean that won't hurt like hell, you know? No. This, I love this. Fuck you. <laughs> he just looks at Obi-Wan and is like, oh, yeah, snap. I love that. That thing is pissed. But I like how there's also the element of, like, you know, when, when these things get killed, they're not too happy about killing them, you know. Obi-Wan doesn't really relish killing that thing right. that's trying to kill him, he, and he gets it over with really quickly. This is Samuel Jackson was sporting a Woody through all this scene. I, I love that I like scene. All of this scene except for the this party's over. The, yeah. You know, again, bad it's, out of yeah. That, yeah. That, that's not yeah, what you say in Star Wars. 
but I do like seeing all the all the different Jedi lighting up. All yeah, that's that's pretty cool. When if you can blow up parts of the screen, it's insane the detail that you can see when that that's going on in the backgrounds and stuff. It's right. unbelievable. What's neat is that so many of the characters in this that you know you see for a half a second igniting a lightsaber or something. So many of them have been fleshed out, mm -hmm. you know, since this. I like ah, oh, that's so cool. Finally, get to see uh, the flamethrower, you know, Jango's flamethrower. I love that long, long fall that he does there, where the perspective's kind of skewed, and then he gets off and throws off his smoldering. This this whole scene, I've fought this many times in Lego <laughs> Star Wars too. I know this whole battle arena. Yeah, sometimes the Jedi's have a little too much of like there's somebody they picked up out of the con though, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. The, the look of them look a little like too much like you know. I think a lot of them are like fanboys who got a chance to set set designers and stuff. That was a nice but, shot of Padme's butt back there. I love those sort of platypus alligator mouth critters too that pull the And to Lucas's credit and a lot of these big complicated CG battles in a lot of movies, you don't know what the hell's going on. You know what the hell's going on in this one, you know? It's busy, but you, you get a sense of the feel of the place. Oh, God. And I love all the laser bolts hitting the sand everywhere. I mean, and, and divots of sand coming up. That's just really nice realistic touches <laughs> Django's a badass yeah he's got his helmet on now I love this whole this whole sequence is just awesomely filmed Django should have never messed with uh yeah ow I love that he just rolls him and bounces him. Pissed. Did Windu <laughs> cut the horn off that thing? Yeah. Just in a, a quick pass. I love the sound of Django's laser, too. That was the first time I noticed you could actually see some red in the stump. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that too. See that? Ah, that shit with 3PO is just ridiculous. I love it. The subtitles actually have like people going, ha! <laughs> As they right. swing their lightsabers. Another fallen and I can't get up. That I don't was think a I ever silly. really noticed the uh, the hits in the dirt before. That's pretty cool. They're all over the place. It's just a yeah. great little touch of realism. 
Come on, Obi-Wan. Oh, he knows. He knows. Ow. Hey, crab legs. Yeah. We may have lost this battle, but we're eating good tonight. <laughs> and these scenes with 3PO look totally canned, too. Right. On top of it, which is just like... Oh, this is such a drag. This is so <sighs> stupid. Wish I had some fan edit skills. If you can if you can edit audio, you can edit video. It's the same exact thing. <laughs> the only problem with editing stuff like this is it's got a music soundtrack. You can't separate the elements. So you can cut scenes out, but it's hard to cut stuff out without it make being jarring, you know? Right. Yeah. So that's where the the skill comes in with that. But there's some people who are also skilled at taking the Dolby 5 channel stuff and separating everything out i love <laughs> that one guy <laughs> behind them in that one bar he kind of looked like uh the guy from clerks there uh not randall but the other guy dante dante <laughs> it did for i just wasn't a even he said they going i wasn't even supposed to be here today <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> god damn it <laughs> I love this. Here's a James Bond moment where they could all be dead, but Dooku's gonna, Dooku's gonna be a lord over them. See, but I love. I, I think all the verbal sparring between the Jedi's always works really. I, I love. I love this of just like, oh well. Time, you know, time to look time up to, in the sky. It's Yoda, man. What? <laughs> I'm sorry, could you like speak normal? They're doing a little like we were talking in the Star Star Trek Monthly Monday with the uh, laser with lasers that sweep in this one. Yeah, too. I love that. I like how I like all the details. Like if you look in the ships, you can see sort of mesh hold like like cargo things with mesh holding stuff in. Yeah, very, very military looking, you know, and big boxes of ammo and everything. That's a little that's a little canned looking or unset looking, but Dooku's just like, oh well. All the missiles in there and stuff. That's pretty neat. This whole coming sequence here was very impressive in the movie theater. It, oh, it the was, battle? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was like a painting come to life. We've become sort of used to it now with all the Clone Wars cartoons, this sort of the, the look of this, you know, but this was where the first... Oh, this, yeah. This was where you really just saw the look of, like, the new, what, Star Wars full battle battle mode looks like I love these just gigantic things getting taken out that's cool 
That was a bad piece of dialogue. Yeah, I love all this with the Jedi Jedi's leading the charge, heading uh giant set pieces. I have to say, as much as I like Chaoti Mundi as a character, the live action Chaoti Mundi in the movies I never cared for very much. He <laughs> looks very cheesy. I love how you can see the little lines of the projectors of, you know, just thousands of little, like, it's just yeah. little details like that. Oh, shit. <laughs> he wants to get on the ground right away so he doesn't get blowed out of the friggin' mm -hmm. sky like the one next to him. This looks very canned. Which one? Where they were just on the ground talking to each other. It just looked like a, a set. This stuff is just amazing. I like some of the war machines better than others, though. Some of them look like that one right there is kind of goofy looking. They're a little too complicated for what they have to be, you know. Right. With too many, like, rollers. That zoom thing right there drives me nuts every time I see it. That I, It just doesn't feel like Star Wars to me. It's because you don't see zooms in Star Wars. Right. You know. I think they were try he was trying to give it that. There's another one coming up right up, right up here. He's trying to give it that, that, you know, like, on the battlefield camera right, yeah. type of thing. You know, there's all those shots. There's a, a shot coming up here, you know, coming through the smoke and stuff that's very... Yeah, yeah. It's very... The, everything here is like a painting come to life, but that shot's very, like, kind of realism, you know, and it looks like it's somebody running through the crowd with a camera and... All right, I tell you what, blowing up one of those walker things is a hell of a lot easier in this movie than it is in, uh, yeah. in Battlefront, that's for damn sure. And, and another thing you're seeing in this movie that you've never seen in Star Wars before is missiles. In the video games, they've had them. But this, I think this is the first, like, missiles coming off anything rather than I just blaster fire. Right. Yeah. But then again, you've never really seen much um, real warfare. The only like real warfare stuff were like against, you know, now, it wasn't like armies. What did you think of the idea of the Death Star being in introduced this early? Well, I could see how it would take a hell of a long time to build the Death Star the first time. It, but it doesn't make sense in how long it took them to build the second Death Star. If it took them 20 years to build the first Death Star, I can understand them building the second Death Star in 10 years. Cause, you know, I'm they, wondering if they're, they, they were actually building, building two together. You know, I mean, or they now, started before, building before one before and started the building audience an, poo -poos that idea. I mean, they used to do that in shipbuilding. I think they may still actually do that in shipbuilding. Well, I was just going to say they could, have built, they could have been building the first that Death Star. And then five or ten years later started the second Death Star, you know. And so it's possible. And now, it, this where they shoot down the Federation ship to me looks awesome. Yes. Well, it just has that feel of intense weight to it because it's humongous. Right. 
And again, they have these machines with the steady laser beam that, you mm -hmm. know, like a cutting beam. It reminds me of a Borg cutting beam is what it actually looks like. That's pretty neat. And I like it just stops and then just and like, then falls. Uh, yep. uh, that was a bad zoom. Yeah, incredible weight. <laughs> That's neat. They can't even see what the hell they're shooting at. They're just shooting. Yeah. Ah, oh, you asshole! You shot me in the ass! But that's real warfare too. Is you're just a you're just cannon fodder, you know. You're putting a row and start shooting. Percentage of you're gonna get mowed down. The ones in the front are really, you know, more screwed. Coming up here are a couple like, you know, where where you know a couple like, where she takes a tumble out of the, right. Uh, you know that's. They're, they're, they're hauling ass. Yeah. All of these shots of Dooku riding his his speeder look fake as hell to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what they could have done differently, but yeah, the, the thing of... Uh, I almost called him Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lee. It's a little got, bit of the Wicked Witch of the West on her bike, too. <laughs> I, right. I almost, I always want to hear. Oh, that would be awesome. They should have done that. Well, any fan, fan editors out there, you know what to do. <laughs> How could Obi-Wan not see where things were headed with Anakin and Padme. How could he not? Is blinded by his affection for him, maybe. But I the... almost wonder if it's a case of he let it happen thinking not thinking that it would it would go anywhere bad. You know what I mean? Cause the the theory has been posed that you know while the rules say the Jedi can't have you know, they can't have families or they can't be in love or have wives or anything like that, that you know, they were sometimes some side, you know? Yeah. So I'm wondering if Anakin let the whole, or excuse me, Obi-Wan rather, let the whole thing with Anakin progress, you know, not thinking, well, he's going to marry her and try to, you know, I don't know. I'm just, he, I just don't want to think that he was he might, that well he might have been like well you know if I walk in on something I might have to say something but really it's none of my <laughs> business you know what I don't know you know I don't maybe he does he's like ah, I don't want to know you know <laughs> you know so he was being a 21st century parents what you're saying yeah maybe is I don't want to deal with this so I'm not gonna well deal with it wasn't it. I want to don't want to deal with it it might be like I don't want to you know I I'm I, as a Jedi I can't approve of it but what I don't see isn't it does it hurt me you know what I mean but if you get ridiculous right. with it and all of a sudden it becomes obvious we might have a problem you know that sort of thing I forgot how good this lightsaber battle was it's 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 um I like it because it's not a whole it's not like the Darth Maul thing it's a little more of the dueling you know dueling right. style coming you know he's He's fighting Dooku in a different manner than he fought da Darth Maul. 
And obviously Dooku is an excellent dueler because he's really given Obi-Wan a run for his money. And, right. And it's been sort of... He, he probably would have won it too if it wasn't for Anakin sort of fucks things up. That's cool. I do like all of this, but then they go and they just mess it all up because as long as I forgot how awesome this fight was, I also forgot what's coming here in just a second, which is probably the part that everybody in the world got all excited about when this movie came out. That was the first thing they released was the Yoda fight and everybody. I remember I saw the Yoda fight and I was just like, damn, that's awesome. But uh, now that I see it, I think they they overdid the Yoda fight. I I don't mind the fact that there is a Yoda fight. I do. I think. Uh, uh, but I think that Yoda really. I don't know. He's just a little too. He's a little too fancy pants for it. Or I would rather have the Yoda fight be more of pulling down more of the pulling down the ceiling. Force. Stuff. Yeah, it should have been the force versus the force. I I just. It's not that I mind Yoda in the scene. It's not that I mind Yoda versus Count Dooku. It's none of that. What I hate is Yoda using a lightsaber. I just it ah, oh, I just hate it. I can't even really give you a specific reason why. It's just I I, I think a lot of it. No, yeah, I, I I picture the only thing Yoda should have in his hand is his cane stick, his gimmer stick. Gimmer yeah, stick. exactly. Yeah. And I mean this, the, I mean this stuff was just like holy shit. This is what I wanted to see, and, but then the fight is just like a novelty, and Yoda oh he's running up the walls and. You know, and he plays up the like, oh, I'm tired and moves slowly. But then all of a sudden I'm, it it should have been all this. It should have been all, you know, okay, now, now that you've knocked out the kids, put your lightsaber away and we'll, uh, and I also like that Count Dooku had the only light, his, they designed his lightsaber. His lightsaber is actually made to, it's that bend in it is made to actually fight other lightsabers. Right, which makes it you know all the more evil. It's actually a no, lightsaber no, made for no, f- no. fighting Jedi's. This it's not as painful for me, but yeah, I I, I see your point. He it just looks ridiculous. I would have rather had a scene with him pull out his lightsaber and Yoda start taunting him. Oh, you're gonna fight me with a lightsaber? Really? <laughs> you know, you 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 don't even have enough respect it, to fight like a man. You know. To me, it's like you know I can't cite a specific example, but I know that at some point in the past I've seen some kung fu type of thing where. You know the 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 master when the master the, fights he doesn't even hit anybody he like the, just, when the master fights he doesn't have a sword you know it's like right. the, nin, the evil ninjas come to kill the Zen 
ninja master. You know, and the he old fights him off with a piece of bamboo. Yeah, right. Exactly. They have swords and guns, and he takes a little piece of bamboo or a chopstick, it kicks their ass, and kicks and their that's asses what with I it. I wanted to see. I would have much rather this scene had been old wizened Yoda sticks his gimmer stick up Dooku's ass rather than he whips out a lightsaber yeah. and actually duels. I see. I, I I have more. I have more of a problem with Yoda being like the military leader. Like you know. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Into... I don't like that either. I don't like Yoda being a known element in this whole story. I don't like the fact that Palpatine knows of Yoda's. I don't like the fact that Yoda's probably on the fucking nightly news. You know, today Master Yoda came out and said that they've hired 500 new Jedi's. I love those solar ships, yeah. by the way. I think that's fun. It reminds awesome. me of the solar sailor from yeah. Tron. And see, and then it's like, okay, he's back to being slow and stuff. Come on. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of cool on paper, but. No. <laughs> no, if there's one, if there's one part of this movie, I could, I could definitely expunge. As much as I hate the three PO stuff and some other, you know, and other things, I kind of nitpicked. That would be the part I would take out of the movie is, is the Yoda fight because it's just silly. And I forgot this movie only has this one scene with Sidious in it. This is the first time you see Sidious in this movie. That's beautiful. That so reminds me of uh, the Falcon landing on Cloud City. I just love that. I I just love that there's an industrial. You know that this is like the warehouse part of town. You know, in the industrial section. I imagine that this is that that side of town that uh, Jack's Paven went to, and and they set off that nuke that they were hoping would kill Vader and stuff. In those books, that I, I would imagine that that's probably that that side of you know it's the it's the wrong side of the planet. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, the wrong side of the tracks. Because that's very much how it was described as something that had kind of fallen out of use, and you know, because we saw these buildings that were like you know half destroyed and stuff. I love that he's got us that he's got his own little secret hideout. I want a secret hideout so bad. <laughs> so fucking bad. It's beautiful. This shot of Mace Windu looks like he's got kind of a beer gut. I I noticed that earlier when he uh walked into the arena there and did his whole this party's over i noticed he looked like he was a little chunky but sometimes i wonder if it's all the layering it's, it's of all clothes those, these the guys have. yeah because you know he has that and then dooku definitely looks like he's sporting some sort of gut and then padme earlier when they were on tattooing that really nice outfit she had I mean, I love the way it looks and everything. It made her look very pretty, but then the the top had so much layering on it and everything. It actually made made her look kind of flat chested, which was odd, just because it was layers upon layers. Ugh. Ugh. Don't like that. This is very cool, though. All no, now that I look at it now, it looks very video game to me. Yes. But it's still cool. It looks like a episode of the Clone Wars. <laughs> yeah. 
First time we hear the uh, Darth Vader march, too, in the prequels. Now, I remember having a big old geek out here when I realized that that dude to uh, Palpatine's left is Bail Organa. Yeah. I always thought that was really cool. Jimmy Smith, he's a great actor. He doesn't get to do much in this. No. <laughs> in Star Wars, but... He had much, many more scenes that, unfortunately, they were just all kind of, they all kind of wound up on the cutting room floor. He had a good, good run as a heavy for a season of the De that Dexter show. He was great in that. And I love this ending. Sort of the opposite of Empire. It's a pretty, ha pretty much a happy ending. Or a, it is know, the opposite a... of Empire, but at the same rate, I think it definitely owes something to Empire. You know, when it's, you know, here it's Anakin and Padme, whereas before it was Luke and Leia. But, you know, you still have the two droids kind of just standing mm -hmm. off to the side. And the fake hand being revealed. Yeah. The, the replacement hand being revealed. And R2 and 3PO going, you, get, you getting this on tape, R2? <laughs> <laughs> YouTube time for I, he goes in front of the Jedi Council. Look what we got on YouTube. Really? <laughs> you might want to talk to that R2 unit. You might want to put a little piece of duct tape over his, his uh, viewer <laughs> there. Yeah, it's a very it's it's a one look at it, it's a one it looks like a one hundred percent real life shot it yeah. ends on. How amazing is that in a movie so CG'd and uh Screenplay with Jonathan Hales, so he had help on this one. Yeah, Jonathan Hales, you you could have done a little better. I I I'm just pissed because I could have done better. I should have been the guy helping with the <laughs> with the dialogue. I would have come so cheap. I think you're too hard about the dialogue. Mm. Mm. Dialogue is my when 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 I was like writing lots of script stuff. That was always my strong point was. Making dialogue, uh, that was always one of, that's always one of my sticking points. There, there's movies and things where it calls for non-realistic dialogue, such as like a Quentin Tarantino movie, which is about the dialogue. It's about the way, pe you know, people don't talk like that normally, but they do in those movies and it's understood. But for the most part, you know, having having realistic dialogue is so important and it's like, it's invisible, really, you know, when it works well. And when oh, it's on. not look invisible... The, look, look back at the original Star Wars, and you tell me... Oh, I me know, that, I know. And, 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 you know, it's full of stories of, of, Alec, of Alec Guinness and, and Harrison Ford going, George, <laughs> what are we supposed to say here? And, and, they, and probably, like, doing different, you know, probably taking an edge off some of the... Like, um... Like when you see the the when you see Harrison Ford before he was even being considered for the role and he was reading for the parts, and so and you hear some of that dialogue, hoo 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 wee, you know that was before like that was like pre, probably many rewrites, and it was it was a mouthful and I have a feeling that, that Harrison Ford especially with Han Solo was like hey look can I say this it flows from the holy shit the same guy that played kiari mundi played newt gunray huh ha, i never caught that before huh. sissy tin that was that guy's name i thought it was but i wasn't exact 
Where the hell was uh, even Peel in this movie? I never saw him. Ah, I have to go back and pay. Maybe he was in the in the council scene at the very beginning. I missed that. Huh. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you out, but you're, oh, you're okay. right, though, because I've watched a lot of the, the, or listened to a lot of those things you're talking about where they were reading, like, dialogue from, like, a a prior, you know, a prior version of the script and stuff where it had a lot more talk, you know, a lot more science fiction-y kind of talk. And techno about. jargon thrown yeah. in and, you know, yeah. Chewy, Chewy, pull up the transvector warp thumbler, blah, 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 blah. And I have this defect in my brain that when there's bad dialogue, I see it written down in my head. See, what you're calling... Uh, it's uh, just, it, there's, there, you call uh, it bad dialogue, yeah. but, you know, it's... You could call I it awkward dialogue. You could call it... It's, uh, I, I'm, uh, you know, I stand by it. I think some of the dialogue is, is just poorly written. I think it's, it's, a little, it's a little stilted, and it's made... It's it's expositiony in in right, in but that doesn't make it bad. I would say a lot of it is a lot of it to me. I wouldn't notice like it if it was. <laughs> a lot a lot of it to me sounds very much like yeah. like sixties Stan Lee Marvel dialogue. You know, it's, yep. it's and I don't want to say comic booky because then it really denigrates it. But I, I think it's trying to to sound more. Space um, opera, spy, yeah, space opera, more science fictiony, but also just it, it's on a higher level, you know. It, it's it's owes more almost to like the old English or something like that, where it's a, it's a little more flowery and the people speak with a little more. They do, but bearing still, things like that, mm -hmm. you know, it's not all it's not all slang and modernized. No, and, but it, it but the, but that's the thing is there's still some slangy things that come come through you know that's and that and those really stand out you know i mean all those 3po lines you know it's a you know oh this is such a drag come on that's something that hippies started that's a hippie line you know that's that wouldn't have evol evolved in star wars land right you know and and you know he wasn't writing gags in the in in the other dialogue lines but yeah yeah i mean I definitely always seem to seem to notice it. I would, if 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 I was to change anything about all these movies, it would be on this. It would be on the script level. It would be on the dialogue level. I would let George well, see, Lucas I do anything that that he wanted. I would. Criticism being leveled against this movie is unfair because if you're gonna complain about that, then you're basically complaining about the entire saga because the entire well, saga is written that way. The entire saga for except for Empire, except for when you had Kasdan. That no, that the, I, the, that's the, not true. I love I you. Mean, I know that's classic. That's that's movie. I that's 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 an ad lib. Classic line of dialogue. Well, yeah, okay, <laughs> but. It I, was the the I, I love no you no I'm I'm, I'm saying athlete. okay yeah you got uh, you got me on that one is what I was saying but you know I mean I I I don't know I thought the dialogue in 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 the humor and everything of Jedi really I think I think him pulling Kasdan in and I and and you know I mean Kasdan didn't write the story George Lucas wrote the story and probably wrote the original script handed it over to Ka Kasdan 
And then Kazdan, and Kazdan was known as a character writer. He wasn't known as a genre writer. He wrote his big thing was, um, oh, what was it? The um, Big Chill. He won a he won an Oscar for the Big Chill, I think. And he was, I think, he directed and wrote. It was Leia Brackett that. that worked on. Uh, now I need to look that up. I thought the screenwriter for for. Uh, All right, hang on. I need to look this up. Are we still recording? Oh, yeah. All right. The movie's over, folks, but we're still bickering about it. <laughs> yeah, I I, I, I I, definitely think like... All right, you're right. It was Lawrence Kasdan. It was also Leia Brackett, so they both worked on it. Yeah. I mean, I will be the first one to say that, yes, I think that the dialogue in, in the script and everything was better in in Empire. But hell, Empire is the best movie of the series. But it's not that it's without, you know, some moments that still have Leia, for example, speaking in her regal voice, you know, yes. with with regal dialogue and things like that. It's not, I don't think it's as prevalent. Oh, well, but but it works it, in it really, Empire as it was as you know in the original no. Star Wars. But it's right back in Jedi. I mean, Jedi's right back into you know flowery speech. You know, the Emperor delivers a lot of it. You know, yeah. But that works in that in that in that context. Yeah, I just. I definitely, I, I definitely, I think on all three Star Wars movies, I mean, definitely like Star Wars has the corniest dialogue of it, but there's nothing we can, we can never look at that objectively. <laughs> you know, we can never look at the Star Wars dialogue and have it feel awkward to us now because it's just part of our whole existence and personalities. I don't know. I mean, if we watched I will, it now, I and really, I would freely admit that, or or say, you know, I I can I can bust on, or you know, oh, I yeah, love so it. Can I, I can so can I, but it doesn't bother me at all. It's, it's I would like, say it's that an old Han friend. Solo's dialogue as they're leaving, uh, tattooing, and he's saying things about you know, traveling through hyperspace ain't like dusting crops, boy. We you know, without mm. precise calculations, we could fly right through a star, or bounce too close to a supernova, and that'd end your trick real quick. You're telling me that's not fucking clunkier than Anakin saying, you know, we can keep uh, it, it a secret? It sounds like poetry to me, though, because as a little kid, it no. worked. It, 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 no. It's it's too, I can't be objective about it. it that's clunky and, as hell. And, and Harrison Ford sells it. He sells it. Oh, absolutely he does. But I think that Hayden and Christensen sells his lines for the most part, too. That's he, my he does. He does. He didn't have as much quality to sell as, say... Ewan McGregor did. Ewan McGregor comes off a lot more naturally. I think he's got a lot more. And I also think like a lot of Ewan McGregor's dialogue was written with Alec Guinness's voice. And yeah, I I, I, sta I stand by my assertion. The dialogue could be better. <laughs> and I'm being nice. <laughs> I think the acting could be better. I think that the acting and I'm not talking about uh, Christensen and uh, and Portman, I'm talking about. I, I think it's a lot of the the ancillary. You know, I, I still assert that um, Samuel L. Jackson. You know, I, the more I watch these movies, the more I see him. Uh, the part of the thing too is that I, I've come to really embrace a lot of these characters 
in other media, you know? So I've, you know, I, I've come to enjoy right. Mace Windu as he's portrayed in, right. you know, the, the Clone Wars cartoon. Yeah. And yeah. The Samuel Clone Jackson Wars. was probably had two days, you know, right. they probably scheduled him in for two days, shot all his scenes. So they, so they came off as a little canned, you know? Right. That, you know, he wasn't hanging around the whole time being into the movie, probably, you know, it's Samuel right. Jackson. He's a busy man. He had to make snakes of the plane, snakes on a plane. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, but, and, you uh, know, but Dooku's I'll, another example. You know, I mean, I love Christopher Lee to death. I think he's a, a is great actor and everything. But I think he was a little long in the tooth for this. I, a lot of the scenes where, especially in the next movie, a lot of his scenes as Count Dooku, where he's flipping and battling and sword fighting and doing all this stuff, it looks to me like it just looks fake as hell and a lot of it because it's too CGI'd and then the stuff that's not CGI'd, I'm just cringing going, Jesus, I don't want grandpa to fall down and break. Yeah. Your watch your you know? grandpa. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, whereas I watch him in, you know, either one of the clone wars incarnations and I buy him totally. He's a complete badass. But when I see it live action with the, with the <laughs> actor that originated the role, I, I cringe a little bit because it looks a little silly. It's a, it's a, old, it's a really old kind of fat guy doing all this shit, and I don't quite buy it, you know? So, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying this is a flawless movie. There's definitely parts, and I think I talked about all the ones that bug me. But it's, it's oh, I the, love this the, movie and I, I love, you know, I'm, I'm not really complaining about the bad dialogue, but I'm acknowledge I'm acknowledging that my opinion that I don't think the dialogue is, is the greatest, but whatever. I'm not there for the dialogue. Everything that I was there for was there in this movie in spades. And if it had incredibly insane dialogue, I would have been really pleased, but I would have been really Surprise too. It would have been out of character, you know. Right. To right. For, to be anything but what you know, Star Wars dialogue, and you know, and I and I think people bring that baggage to it, and that's where a lot of the complaint. I think a lot of the complaints that people had over the movies and the focus they put on the bad dialogue and the and some stilted acting also pulled away, pulled them out of noticing some of the really subtle things that, that do happen in there that are that right. are going on and and the complicated things that people don't pay attention to if you're not like really into it as much and there was a you know yeah these were not these are not like simple movies there's a lot go multi layers going on on it more than star wars you know it's it's a it's a lot more complicated i think people do sell them short but I'm, I'm never going to get over the grudge that I wasn't hired to fix all the dialogue. <laughs> Should have been done. But dude, we could talk about it all night. It's it's we, we gotta just we gotta give it up and take it to the forum. Hand well, it I, over to the listeners. I, I will absolutely agree with you that I I, I think that uh, you know in in the case of of this movie that there's a lot in there to to love that I, I think goes unnoticed and under, unappreciated, or at least we're gonna, under. We're going to flip it. I will it. say underappreciated. We're going to flip it, I have a feeling, when we do episode three, because uh, out of the three, episode three is my favorite. And, hmm. and I love episode three. I could watch it over and over and over again. So I enjoy <laughs> episode three, but I, I have a I lot of it. 
Yeah, there's a, so, there's a lot of beefs with that one. So we'll so. just when we do that, it's gonna be the flip flip side. I'll be the defender. You can be the heavy on that one. And uh... well, I mean, I'm not gonna rip it up. I mean, I've already stated. You know, my my major complaint with that movie is I think the first third of that movie just needs to just disappear. I I think it's just <laughs> too fucking slow. I think that movie needs to start in the very next scene. I think that movie needs to start where Anakin comes right. home. All right, save it, save it for episode three, man. <laughs> you, Mister, Mister, I don't know if I'm gonna have enough energy tonight. I don't know, man. <laughs> so tired. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get any talk out of me tonight. <laughs> so tired. Cause you got me riled up. So very tired. See, there's some acting for you. Cause you 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 played the part very well of of the, the all the internet people that I keep hearing busting on this movie all the time for all oh, the dialogues clunky and I hate the romance. That's see, all I, I ever hear about this movie, I and I love that. Shit. I think that the dialogue's shit, clunky. I, I don't hate the romance part of it, but I I, I can find fault. You know, I I'm not. I I, I yeah. I, there's there's. I can find fault in it, you know. I, I, I wish I was young bust. enough. I wish I was young enough to go to a Star Wars movie, and not find fault in it, you know. I mean that you just can't hold on to that, you know. I mean that's what Jedi was. Jedi was a well, actually, Jedi was yeah the first one where we got inklings of there were a couple parts of it that were like, well, that didn't work a hundred percent. You know what I mean? I just I think that people that watch this movie that sit there and drum their fingers and sigh and roll their eyes and complain and keep making the finger motion of come on, come on, come on through all the uh, romance points, I think you're missing the point of the goddamn movie. That's the point. It's the love. This is you the gotta, chapter that yeah. brings them together. You're going mean, to sell it to some people and you're not going to sell it to others. And if they don't, if you don't sell it to them, they're not going to, you know, that's the thing. That's the thing is it's not, it's not their job. It's not the viewer's job to to it, it is to an extent to pay attention, but it's the it's the filmmaker it's you know it's the filmmaker's job to to sell it a hundred percent, and he didn't sell it to everybody a hundred percent. But you can't you know these days you can't sell every you can't sell anything to everybody a hundred percent. And, it, and it, when it's Star Wars, there's so much baggage attached to it. But I'll put it. I'll put episode two in context, though. Is after all the bitching and moaning about episode one, episode two took a little bit of the wind out of that sail of just like, oh, he let's dread, let's dread the next Star Wars movie and rip on it. There were, you know, a lot of the the people who were just like, episode one was the rape and murder of my childhood. At least came out of this going, hey, hey, hey you know. Okay. You for know. the most part, for the most part, I mean, I did hear, you know, I still oh, of hear course. people bitch, but I'll tell you what, uh, you know. I, I may have waited, you know, weeks or maybe even months to my, I, can, I honestly can't remember. I know that this movie was out a good long while before I went to see it because of the feelings I had walking away from the Phantom Menace, but... When I walked out of this, I felt I like, was hey, walking Star out Wars is back. Yeah, that's exactly, I, I looked at I my was, friend Mark and I said... This is Star Wars. That that yep. was Star Wars right there. That's what that's what you want, you know. Yeah. It wasn't yep. everything that I could possibly yep. hope for, but god damn, there was a lot of stuff that I didn't even expect, you know. Yep. So, and I was there for opening day for the next one. So, yeah, this movie completely restored my faith 
in Star Wars and in George Lucas and in where things were headed. So, yeah, I I think it in that aspect, it totally did its job. Mm -hmm. And it set the stage for Clone Wars. Mm hmm. And we could keep talking all night. (laughs) All right, guys. We will see you. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, Get your asses out there and see X-Men first class. Ah uh, yes, uh, yes. I can't wait. I'm I'm planning on seeing that one, and maybe we can do a show about that. So, yep. yeah, we'll see you guys. It's the end of this show's coming out at the end of June, so we'll see you guys at the next show in July. Did you know you can sponsor an episode of this or any other of your favorite Two True Freaks affiliated shows? That's right. Simply click the PayPal link on our website, donate any amount at all, tell us which show you're choosing and what message, if any, you'd like us to read on your behalf, and you will be an official sponsor of that show's very next episode, with your message read in the show's opener. It's that easy, and there is no minimum donation. Be a show sponsor today. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.libsyn.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. Libsyn is spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Join our forum at forumforgeeks.com where you can discuss all of the shows on our feed with us and your fellow listeners. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. And hey, you can friend me, Scott Gardner, on Facebook too. My name is spelled S-C-O-T-T-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. You can friend me on Facebook too, if you can find me. Now available, Two True Freaks t-shirts. See our website for details. Two True Freaks is a very proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can check that out at www.comicspodcast.com, where you can hear our new episodes when we put them up. We are also members of the League of Comic Book Podcasts. For more information, visit comicbooknoise.com slash league. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? Thanks for listening, and join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. Do you ever find yourself going to Amazon.com and uh, buying some record or movie or some stupid thing that Two True Freaks have been talking about so that you can catch up on it or you've been reminded of it or something? Well, now, how about this? Instead of going to Amazon.com, go to twotruefreaks.libson.com and follow our link to Amazon.com. When you do that, if you buy something over at Amazon, we get a little cut out of it, which is awesome because we love money and it won't cost you a thing.
Future Freaks has been brought to you today by Damanzo Corps of Milan, Italy, and by the letters F and U.